Today, hi. Hi. Hello. Um, big news about Tears of the Kingdom, but today we're going to be talking about how it actually doesn't matter at all whether Nintendo's marketing this game or not marketing this game. Seems like people are just going to throw $70 and buy it anyway. There's been a lot of hand wringing of like, oh, Nintendo's not talking about the game, the game's not going to do well, the expanded audience isn't going to find out about it. Um, we did some interesting polling of people, yes. and we got some very interesting results that I think, I think put the kibosh on that line of thinking. And as you said, I don't think it matters. Exactly. So we're going to dig into that and a lot more stuff today. Um, as always, everything on this channel is made possible by our wonderful Patreon family. Thank you so much if you are already supporting us on Patreon. If you like this podcast and all the other content that we make, if you want to continue to see us share our inside knowledge with you about the gaming industry, if you want to keep hearing this, these insider stories that we, sh we tell you every week, you got to support us on patreon.com slash kittenchris. That is the only possible way that we can continue to do this. Just like you got to gas up your car every now and then. Yeah. You got to gas up this whole operation. That's right. Through patreon.com slash kittenchris. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It does not uh, happen without the support of our beautiful Patreon subscribers. So join us today, won't you? And help us out. Sometimes we hear from people like, oh, I've never used Patreon before. Is it hard to use? Is it scary? It's very easy. It's very easy. And there's a free trial yes. that you can jump into. It, it is very easy to Low get a taste risk. of what this is all about. You mm -hmm. can get a free trial for a week on our most popular tier, which will get you early access, access to our Discord, all sorts of great things yeah. uh, at no risk to you. Exactly. And of course, our Patreon subscribers get lots of cool benefits. Um, you already talked about early access. They also get bonus Q&As where we answer the spiciest of spicy questions that is not available for <laughs> wide Broad consumption. consumption. Yes. <laughs> um, they also get to hang out with us daily on our Discord server, which has been really, really fun. And we've been talking a lot. This, this Discord is a buzz because we're recording this on a Monday. And of yeah. course, today was the big news that Tears of the Kingdom 10 minute of gameplay with Mr. Amiwa's beautiful face um, is coming tomorrow. And so the Discord server has been a buzz this morning. We've been in it with our community, which has been great. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's where we spend all of our time. Exactly. Um, yes. Well, so we have so much happening this week. We really, like, talked ourselves into We had a really busy week last week because it was GDC week. And then we were like, oh, good. On Sunday, I was like, it's going to be such a great, breezy, easy week this week. It's going to be fine. We're going to recover. We're going to catch up. But no. We're not going to do any of that because no. of this trailer coming tomorrow. There started to be rumblings on Sunday. Like, oh, people yeah. at PAX East are hearing that something might be happening on Tuesday. And I was like, oh, that's that's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, Nintendo was at PAX East. There could have been some, hey, like, hey buddy, listen listen up. This, they, this. Like that Link statue whispered in yeah. his ear. He's like, Tuesday. Tuesday. Well, Link doesn't talk, so that can't as, happen. As like his like messed up hand with the weird <laughs> fingernails reaches for your very soul. Yeah, right, exactly. right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you might be wondering, well, what, what are we doing with all that? Right. As, again, we are recording this on a Monday. We don't know what it is. We can't talk about it. No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> Tuesday, though. So by the time this podcast is out, we will have two great things on yes. that out. We mm -hmm. will have an instant reaction where yes. we watch the video. Yes. And then we will also have a deeper kind of... Um, 
uh, analysis, theories, mini podcast mm -hmm. that is also out now. Yeah. So why don't you watch those uh, after you wrap up with this? Why don't exactly. you? Exactly. Why don't you? Why don't you? Yeah. And of course, we want to hear all of your thoughts about what you thought about the roughly 10 minutes of gameplay. I'm taking the words straight out of that tweet and see if it matters. Maybe it doesn't. Now you, <laughs> it does. you put out a tweet this morning saying you were right. I was And right. I'm here to ask you right about what? All of it. What are you talking about? Well, because I, I, I remember. Predict, I, well, I predicted a title direct. This is not a title direct. Thank that, you. I, like, excuse me, I'm still thank talking. You. Thank you. That's I've heard enough. But it is pretty similar to what I said would happen, which is nothing will be shown in the general Nintendo Direct, which already happened. But it was. But it wasn't. It was like one, 30 seconds. Nothing like, you said Mr. Anu was going to come out to do a thing. He did not come out. He was no, nowhere to be found in that general direct. All right. But he is somewhere to be found in this video coming tomorrow. <laughs> And I think it's like, they say it's gameplay, but it's basically like a mini deep dive on the game. And he's going to be there. So great. Let's see it. I mean, there's only so much you can get through in 10 minutes. Now, one, they said, I, I, again, this could, this, could, this could all be junk because, again, we're recording this before. 10 minutes of gameplay. There could be a lot more talking before and after. Exactly. But the video itself doesn't have Roughly to be 10 minutes. Roughly 10 minutes of gameplay. I had, I had an immediate reaction to this, which Me is, too. I know what happened here. Which is what is that? What has what the happened? Zelda dev team, as as we predicted and have been correct, wants to share as little as possible yeah, on this game. Spoiler averse. They're worried about spoilers. They're worried about everything. Reception. Meanwhile, yeah. the global marketing team is like, no, no, is reading the tweets. They're feeling the pressure. They, oh yeah, we got to do something. Yeah. We need well, like we've seen the forecast for this game. It's probably bonkers huge. Yeah, we can't just do nothing. Right. So this is the middle ground that they have after struck. weeks and months of negotiation. With I know. I know the people who were involved. Yeah. I know the way it's going to go. This is what they agreed on. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I think you you might be right too about they're very um, probably adverse to showing a lot of gameplay or just game footage. That's why they were very specific about how many minutes that we'll get. Yeah. But there could be a lot before and after. Right. And one thing, well, anyways, I'll save this for predictions. I won't say it now. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Because there's there could be more than just Don't the say 10 it. minutes. Yeah. Um, anyhow. What else we have on this channel in the, in the last week? Wow. Somehow we found a way to like make a lot more videos than we have been before. I don't, I don't know, know how. What happened? We're, but something, something flush, happened. We're flush with video ideas and video videos out on the channel. I think it's great. Um... There's still only the two of us, and somehow, I don't know what happened, but exponentially, it has been like, now we can't- I'm, just, I'm just working this, you into the ground. This, <laughs> That's what it is. In the <laughs> Haven't slept in a fortnight. But I look so good. <laughs> I look so fresh. Yes. Um, let's just really quickly run through. So we have our final Super Nintendo World video that's yeah. up. Checking out the Power Up Bands. Power Up Band Secrets. There are three total Super Nintendo World videos that you should watch. Those are wonderful. Yes, please watch them because we had a lot of fun um, showing you guys what is there. Yeah. And there was just so much to do that we split it into kind of three separate videos. Right. But yeah. Uh, the plug has been pulled on the eShops. On the 3DS and the Wii U, oh, oh, we said goodbye. We said goodbye. Um, we we had a lot of healing with the eShop, so we feel I feel good about this. We did a video where we watched some of the Nintendo Minute videos that are on the eShop. That no was longer. very that was very cathartic. Were I should say were, were on were past tense. And then yeah. uh, last week when we were at GDC. Um, we talked to uh, Brian. I dare to say his last name. You're sweet as you say it. I think it's Sigurd Gearson. 
I'm not going to try. I believe that's what it it's is. your people. He could be your like long lost brother. I, que I question whether Brian is the most authentic pronunciation of his name. Can he just say it to you in Swedish? I'll ask you guys him. I'll ask him next have time. Have a moment. Uh, but we asked him. We saw him, and we asked him. Was like, hey, you've got a game that's going poof. What, how does that feel? Yeah, and he gave us some real and honest reactions to to that question, which I thought was great. Yeah, he was yeah. so candid about that that I I, know. I love that and and I love Brian just as a human. He's yes. really wonderful. He is the creator of SteamWorld, um, the SteamWorld series, which is I think very high in terms of like favorite games of all time on both our lists. Mm -hmm. And getting a chance to sit down with him and have like. Sort of like a like a shared um, cathartic session about eShop closure and, right. and what that means for people that have made content that w was on there and now is gone forever uh, was was quite nice and like it felt really good to do that. So yeah, I yeah. enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, as we said, we were at GDC last week. We did a lot. We saw a lot. We saw a lot of people, mm -hmm. uh, and we do have a video that. Maybe by the time you hear this, it'll be out. Maybe it'll be coming out soon. Uh, just kind of recounting everything that we saw because we saw a ton of games and games that we otherwise wouldn't have had on our radar, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. But we're so impressive. Yes, and that's my favorite part about an event like GDC. Like, we're, we, we're both pretty, like vocal about how GDC is a, is called the Game Developers Conference for a reason, which is that the game developers need to go there and talk their developer things not with each us. other and not maybe yeah. for the general public. Right. But one really great thing is because the developers are all around, there usually is a great opportunity to see some of these indie games and talk to the developers that made these games like in person. And to get like to sit next to the dev that made a game that is surprising you in great ways, and and having them sit right there is like a really fun experience. And we definitely saw some games that absolutely were not on our radar um, that surprised us. And I think one of the ones um, that you'll see in the video is probably that game Viewfinder. Mm -hmm. um, you guys have to watch the video because it's very hard to describe yeah, what this game. We can't do it justice. Is like, but it totally like blew our socks yeah. off. We were so amazed by this game. So well, we'll be returning to that in the games we've been playing to, yeah. to talk about all of that. Right, right. But uh, yes, so many videos. Uh, so many videos. Out on the channel. Not enough days in the week. <laughs> it's, it's, some, something happened, I don't know what, but something happened. It's a good thing, I think. It is, yes, things are going well. Uh, and then last week, Oh my gosh. We made the incredible announcement of the Kit and Krista Custom Controller Yay! Limited Edition. Wow. I was so delighted by that announcement, and I think a lot of you guys really like the controller. I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, why? I hope everybody Let's likes it. Let's get it out. Why? Because I want everybody to like it. I Because like you don't it. like it? Is that why? I love it. I love the design, and I just want to be validated <laughs> <laughs> by you guys. Um, but yeah, this is in partnership with uh, Captain Alex, who does all of these custom controllers. This one's really special, though, because it's not like a painted controller nope. it is a, it's not a sticker it's decal not a sticker, it's not no. a decal it's like a high quality print yeah and it's on an an, an official i'm trying to say this in the in the clearest way possible on an official nintendo pro controller yes so it is not like a knockoff pro controller right. it's not a power a controller it's oh. not because i you just put a, you just put power a in the knockoff category knockoffs um i've got a lot of questions about this in we, our comments we should say Nintendo is not involved. Lawyers, no. if you're listening closely, I'll say it again. Nintendo is not, not involved. involved. Independent creators. <laughs> raise your hand. Coming former together. Former Nintendo employees. Yes. Raise your former. 
Raise your hand. Um, but yeah, Nintendo is not involved, but it is a official pro controller that has a high quality print on yeah. the plate. Front and back. Front and back. Front and back. Don't just look at the front, look at the back too. Yeah, and yeah. It, it looks fantastic. And I, I finally got a chance to see it in person. Um, and it looks great. I haven't seen it. I brought it for you. Thanks a lot. <gasps> you don't get to make any What's the deal here? <laughs> It's me and Captain Alex all the way. Uh, but it was um, great that, that uh, Captain Alex was at PAX East and he yeah. was showing it off and we were just getting tweets all weekend long of, hey, like, wow, this looks amazing. This looks yeah. great. And we were retweeting every single one of them. Yeah. So um, many people were, were there to see it in person and I was like a little bit jealous because I was like, I want to see it. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it sounds like you guys are, are liking the controller. So we're really happy about that. If you want to go pre-order, the controller is... Um, Kit and Chris at controller.com. We'll put the link here and you can go pre order. There's about a month to go yeah. on the pre orders. Um, we did have a coupon code through the weekend, which is now expired about getting free shipping, but mm -hmm. our Patreon subscribers will always get free shipping. Because they're great. So sign up, we'll give you the code, free shipping. Yeah. It's pretty nice. Set up at the two dollar tier and get the free shipping. See, it's a, that's a win. That that's that's a monetary. That's a win, win right there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like a deal. Right. Um. Yeah. Exciting so stuff. So a lot is happening. My goodness. What is happening? Yeah. What's happening to us? What right is now? happening to us? Well, let me tell you what's happening right now. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Yay! Whoa! Thank you, BetterHelp. Learning about yourself is a lifelong process. So true. Working with you, I have learned something about you and about me. Which is... What is that? I have learned that you are like a S-tier multitasker. You really are. I really am. Certainly more than I am. I really... And I have gotten even better at it. Really? Somehow in my, in, in my new job, this is my new job, of, you know, just, again, you kind of have to be like very fast mm -hmm. with making a piece of content or like editing a video and be... Like this morning even, we had a great conversation about, you know what we're going to be doing for our upcoming yeah. week. And learning about ourselves and, and evolving who you are as mm -hmm. people is a really important And thing. also embracing. Understanding yeah. and embracing who you are. So it's, exactly. like, it's like, I can't do that, but I don't feel bad about it because there's other things I can do. I've tried to do what you do, and like after five minutes, the steam is coming out of my ears. <laughs> I cannot do that. Exactly. But it, it took time to understand that and embrace that. And it's really great when you have a friend that you've known for a long time, like you and I have known each other for like over 10 years, that you're so changing as a person, right. and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And I will support you through your life's changes. But you know who else can support you through your life changes? Who? Is a better help therapist. Ah, yes. And sometimes it can be the, the the process of changing and the process of learning can be hard. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, talking to a therapist is really helpful in that process. Yes, yeah, so that's what they are trained to do and uh, BetterHelp makes it so easy and convenient. You um, take a questionnaire to find out, you know, what you really are interested in talking about and learning about. You get matched with a therapist very quickly and then you can do it so many different ways. You can do it uh, on video, you can mm -hmm. do it on audio, you can do it through text only. Very flexible, very easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Krista today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Krista. We will put the link right here and also in the description below. Yeah. All right. 
moving into story time this week. Why are you blinking at me like that? I'm just getting ready. Why are you doing that blinking? What? That thing that because <laughs> I know you don't meme. like it. That meme. You're <laughs> it's doing not a the meme. blinking meme. What? How dare you? Your face is a meme. Um, we're going to be telling you a story about potentially and maybe truthfully Nintendo's worst event ever that we guarantee that you've never heard about. Um, this happened very very early into my time at Nintendo. So I joined in like the end of January yeah. 2009. Mm -hmm. And this event happened on my birthday. Uh, me birthday. We should say. March 28th. It is your birthday this, week this, this week, week. This week it is my birthday. And yes. the Zelda trailer, whatever we're calling it, is coming out Somebody on knew. your birthday. Mr. Newman knew. He probably right? did know. He does out. know your birthday. Looking I, out for he, me. He has... He has been involved in your birthday many times, so he probably does know. Um, so maybe it's a birthday present to you. Uh, this was not a great birthday present. Though. No, this is not a good birthday present. So <laughs> I've kind of alluded to this before, but my first, I'd say like year at Nintendo was not like a slam dunk. I love this place. Yeah. I'm doing great. I'm fitting in. I, I know everything that's going on. Yeah. And I I don't think I am alone in feeling that way. I think it's a, it's a complex company to learn the ins and outs of. And I think it takes at a minimum six months to really feel mm -hmm. like I, I get the basics of what's going on and how yeah. this place works. Yeah, I agree. It's a very unique environment to be thrown into. Um, and I think the time at the time that you joined, it was also kind of an interesting time because... It was the the Redwood City office was definitely getting a bit more established, and the, the core teams were being built up, but it was still sort of like quick sandy. Like mm. we hadn't figured it all out okay. yet. So, yeah, it was kind of a weird a weird time. Like even like some of the leadership team that we had in the Redwood City office at that time was like a little shaky. So. Yeah. And um, yeah, I remember even on my very first day, like sitting down with people and like you really need to quickly learn all of these things. So it was like, oh, the pressure's on to like speed run. Yeah. <laughs> learning how to work here, which was not it's a great hard, feeling. Yeah. And that kind of like sense of like tension that we talk about being at Nintendo, like yeah. I, I felt that immediately. It's true. Yeah. And it was jarring. It was, um, I knew it would be a different kind of place to work, but that, that feeling of like almost like foreboding yeah. You like kind of had this feeling that if you didn't learn or somehow made a mistake, yeah. that it was going to be like detrimental to your career. Really held over you, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like weeks into my run at Nintendo, I was sat down with some of our team's um, leads and they said, okay, we've got this idea for this event that we're going to be doing or that we want to do and that we want you to lead. And it was actually a pretty forward-thinking kind of idea in mm -hmm. hindsight now, but yeah. it was one that we were absolutely like not, not equipped. equipped to do right. back in 2009. Right. So the idea was, it was basically an influencer event. Yeah. Like, like, and like, this is prior to any sort of influencer yeah. program existing at Nintendo. Years away from Nintendo working with creators or influencers, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Um, no, no sort of tracking in place, no relationships in place, mm -hmm. like absolutely nothing. So it was, the idea was we want to do this kind of undergroundy preview event with our upcoming software for these, you know, creators slash influencers, whatever you want to call them back in 2009. 
Uh, and you need to figure out how to do that in like a month. Yeah. Um, so that was very stressful. Uh, again, because we didn't have the infrastructure at all. We had a PR agency right. who, you know, is Nintendo's PR agency forever right. and will probably continue to be forever. Right, yeah. And they're great, but that's not what they had been doing. That's not their area of expertise. And the relationships they had were not with influencers or creators. Right. It was with media. Right. So that became a mad scramble of who well, are we going to invite? Who are we going to invite? Like they need to be local to the San Francisco area because mm -hmm. we're not going all in enough to be like flying people around from the yeah. country. This was very much kind of like a test experiment. Um, the name of the event was World One Two, which was kind of you know kind Pun of and cheekish homage to the undergroundy yeah, nature exactly. of the event. Again, this would be this is a great idea for an event to do like now, but back then. Not great. And so it was just these these stacks of, of challenges, which was do this event that we've never done before, that we're not really capable of doing, and you, this person who doesn't really have a feel for how this company works, you get to shepherd this. Exactly. Right. I was there. You were involved. I was helpful. What was your read on all this? My read was that, like, this, because the, the first event that I did was actually a media summit, which is something that we used to do at Nintendo oh, yeah. all the time. That that was like a tried and true. Right. Like this is where it was very straightforward. Like you get media in, they play unreleased software. Yeah. But that was a bit, I mean, that's a very large production. And, and it's, it's a large production. You get a lot of support. Mm -hmm. And um, and that was sort of like the bread and butter of what I was doing at Nintendo in my early yeah. days. So I was comfortable with that. But this felt weird to me because it was not that. Uh, so I was already like, there's like some alarm bells going off. It's like, oh, we're trying to do this event. The underground nature does not only apply to like who we're inviting and the sort of the general vibe of the event, but also like the level of support we were getting from other partners yeah. inside of Nintendo. Like right. we didn't have like our events team help with this. We did. No, we did. Oh, did we? But it it, it, it is hard. It is hard to get other people on board with something that is new, unproven. Oh, okay. And I not they weren't even there. I thought it was just the agency. No, that that was one of my big sighs of relief, which was when we could get the events, and oh, and they were okay, just they were just immediately they're like, yeah, we'll be there. We'll get all this stuff done. I was like, okay, thank goodness that that's one thing okay. that I don't need to worry about because I didn't know. Again, I didn't know. It's like, do we need to like? Do I need to rent a, like an RV and like drive in these interactives? Like, yeah. what do I need to do? I don't know. Right, right, these right. These super basic questions. I don't know. Um, so that was great. We ended up getting like somebody from the treehouse came to lead a bunch of the demos. I remember that. You know, it eventually ended up being fine, but it was very stressful to try and get this all together. Who was on the invite list for this event? Because well, I remember was the, it was like really weird list of people. Well, I so this weekend I spent some time looking around. I was like, what what exists on the internet from this? And the answer is literally nothing. <laughs> nothing. Yeah. So the people that we found were just kind of randos who were on Twitter or like yeah. Facebook. I remember it was like very um, social media driven, yeah. which is weird. And I don't even think that we had a YouTube presence. No. For Nintendo at the time. No. It was so early on. I mean, let's be, it was very much driven by like desperation because I think we all had this feeling of like, oh, nobody, we're, we're not going to get anybody to no come. Gonna nobody's going to show up. It's yeah. going to be like crickets because we spent all this money and this effort doing this event. Nobody's right. going to no be there. Right, nobody's going to be there, yeah. Um, but somehow we cobbled together. It wasn't a largely attended event. We got maybe like 15. I was going to say 15, 20 seemed to right. 20 people there. Yeah. And, and they were not really anybody like super notable. No, no worthy, yeah. Um, I remember also having, like, we would do this when we would have an event, like, a few days before, like, sit down with, you know, 
the bosses and like talk about where we are and how things are going. And it was very much like a shaky event because I was like, I don't, I don't have a feel for whether this is progressing well. I've never done one of these before. Yeah. I don't know. Like I didn't have like a super seasoned person like helping me out. It no. was, again, it was just like, hey, do this. Yeah. So I was like, here's what's going on. I don't, yeah. is this it's good? Like is this RCPs bad? Like, are, are, I don't know. We got this and. I certainly didn't feel good about it. And I remember, I, rem I really remember one thing I said was like, well, you know, no matter like what happens at this event, we're really going to learn a lot about this type of event and, you know, what are the implications for us yeah. doing something, something like this in the future. And I got looked at like I had said something so blasphemous and crazy. Yeah. Where it's like, what do you mean it's not going to be like the greatest like thing? Like a ever? raring success. Like, yeah. like oh, a, a learning opportunity? Like, that's a waste of time. Like, no, we need to like nail this. Yeah. And that made me feel awful. That's how all of it was at Nintendo. Though. Yeah. We didn't, they don't see things as learning opportunities. You, right. They, it's like, a, you, there's a, a demand for perfection every mm -hmm. time you do something, even if it's new and different. So, right. yeah, the pressure was definitely on. I also remember, like, to your point about you didn't have anybody sort of guiding you. I remember the leadership at Nintendo at that time was somebody that didn't have a lot of experience in the gaming industry either. Yeah, yeah. And this person definitely had, like, high aspirations. And I think this event might have come from some of those aspirations. Mm -hmm. But very little in the way of like guidance or um, expertise to help someone that's actually having to put, put this together. Right. So that was kind of disappointing. And I, and this person was new yeah. to Nintendo as well. So we were all kind of feeling it out like that relationship. And mm -hmm. it was, it for me, it was just like, it didn't feel good. Like I felt like, well, it's like blind leading the blind at this point. Like no one knows what Pretty they're much. doing. So yeah. we're just like, like kind of grasping you know, groping through the dark together, mm -hmm. and it was, it didn't feel, it didn't feel good. Yeah, so eventually the day came, um, it ended up going fine. I had to be, like, the MC at that event, which, I, I mean, you might think, like, oh, now it's, like, whatever, he'd be glad to do it, I, I, I would. Back then, though, it's, like, <laughs> I, like, in my old jobs, like, I never did anything like that. Like, I yeah. was not, like, a public, like, I do, like, an interview now and then, but I was not, like, the public face of this, like, event that was happening yeah, or, yeah. or anything like that. So I probably, like, fumbled and bubbled my way through all of that. I, I do remember something else, though. You're like, yeah, you did. What? I don't remember you being bad. I barely knew you uh -huh. at that time. We were so, like, it was so, you know, close to when you started at Nintendo. But I do remember after you had talked or whatever like that person that was the lead oh. came out like this this person that was like sort of like the head of our department of our team yeah and team came out to do like another little like speech yeah. before we release people to go right. play games right. and it was 100 percent the most awkward speech oh, really? i've ever heard in my entire uh, well, life. Well, I was probably like hyperventilating into a paper bag, so it, <laughs> I don't remember this. It was like, I felt like this person, I'm yeah. being really careful not to say <laughs> I felt like this person was basically treating this event like a kindergarten class. Oh. It was like, raise your hand if you love video games. Yeah. And like silence. And it's like, who here's favorite character is Mario? And then like silence. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. Yeah. And I just, and it was weird because, it, you know, before we would have 
people that attended events right. where we had relationships with. Yeah. So you you had something to like go on. Uh -huh. But these were all strangers. Yeah. And so when she was doing that, I was like, this is not going well. Like you have no read on the room. Yeah. Like it's just so yeah. bad. But anyway, the, the event happened. That was how I spent my birthday. Um, it went <laughs> fine. I remember like people were mostly happy with it afterwards. Like there were some results that we shared. Sorry, there's like a leaf blower happening outside. I know, yeah. Um, we never ended up doing another one. No, we ne never Thank did. Thank goodness. Because um, we learned our lesson. I think I was really like banging the drum afterwards of like, this was not worth it. Let's, yeah. let's, let's never, never do this, do this again. again. Let's never do this again. <laughs> and we never did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that was a really, really memorable, like first big project for me, like really like put me through the ringer, through the crucible, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Of like figuring stuff out. So yeah. maybe some good came of it. I don't know. It's mostly bad for me. Mostly bad. Yeah. yeah that, that first couple months at Nintendo for everybody is so hard. Um, and it was unfortunate that you had so many like hurdles mm -hmm. in front of you, you know, like I, I never had, I think my, yeah, my first, like in, within my first three months was a media summit that we had to do. So yeah. that was, it's like, maybe it's like a testing yeah. ground. We did thing. get better. I remember with new hires later on of like reflecting on our experiences, be like, no, we actually can't give them a super big project right away. And we need to create all this documentation and process to help them have a comfortable onboarding. Yeah. But again, for us, that was that was not That didn't all. exist. It was just like, hey, here you go, figure it out, loser. And for me, I was just sitting in an empty office by myself <laughs> with no one else around trying to figure out how to do stuff. And I would literally go on the, in, the intranet or whatever, like the employee-only yeah. like only website, right. and just start searching names. Yeah. I just searched like, events and then like i would call everybody on the on the phone tree and yeah. be like can you help me with this i'm new you don't know who i am and then like everyone I'm lost everyone hated me because oh no like because they had to sh like they, they moved the marketing team to redwood city yeah. so oh, all those people got you were like, like the enemy i was like the enemy number one they're like we don't want to help you like hang up on me and stuff. oh no you did this it was my you're fault. to blame uh, well we're gonna talk about your first days at nintendo some other time, time. some it other time so bad though. but yeah we had so some we had bad. some similar experiences yeah um well, that's a story. Why don't we switch gears and talk about something happier, which is our ultimate demise at the hands of artificial <laughs> intelligence. So we came up with this really fun idea, and actually our superstars helped a lot with this. They did, this week. yes. Our superstars are like most involved Patreon tier, and we do a lot of like episode planning with them. Yes, they really help fun. us make these episodes, yeah. all sorts of fun stuff. I thought, so I listened to this podcast the other week, which was like about like, what are the, what are the long-term implications of AI? And, and they yeah. kind of like did like both sides. They were like, well, mm -hmm. here's the good and here's the bad. And the bad was like human extinction. I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Well, I mean, it can um, happen. We have something in our news about AI being used for development. Um, yeah. But now it's like, I've just been fiddling around with this chat GPT. I'm like, what, what is this? What, what can it do? Yeah. So we are letting, we are turning this segment over to, to AI. AI. We have a couple topics. We're going to feed it into this. We're Gonna, it's going to give us some scripts for a segment, and we're just going to read we're it. We're just going to read it verbatim. Because who knows? Maybe this AI is better than us. Yeah, and maybe they can predict things better than we can. Right. And 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 by the way, this podcast is now called The Kit Krista and ChatGPT. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. So, so our first one, why don't you set this up while I type it in? The first question um, is why Kit and Krista left Nintendo? So you're in 
chat GPT yes. right now. I'm saying I'm telling it write a segment for Kit and Krista about why they left Nintendo. Let's see what it says. And it's gonna start. It's blinking. Oh, it's happening. It's it's coming. What? Oh no. This is not good. It says, I'm sorry, but I cannot generate a segment for Kit and Krista leaving Nintendo as there is no evidence or news that they have left the company. In fact, their most recent episode of Nintendo Minute was uploaded on March, March 24th, 2023, which suggests that they are still actively working with Nintendo. As an AI language model, I strive to provide accurate and factual information based on available evidence. Terrible first impression. Wrong. Wrong. Lies. AI, you're lying to me. Maybe this is a good lesson in Confusion and branding. <laughs> this, is the, this is the first step to human extinction right here. Okay. All right. All right. Um, interesting. Interesting. Some people were saying like current, like news, like current events, it's not the best because there's sort of a limit to how far that the library data. of yeah. data goes. I don't understand why though. Because they would be able to find our new stuff off of the internet. So The most recent episode of Nintendo Minute was uploaded March 24th. What did we upload on March 24th? Was that the us reacting to, no, that wasn't. I don't know. What world are you in, chat GPT? Oh no. All right, next, what do we have next? Next is, what, it's a very important question. Oh, here question. we go. What is the next Nintendo Switch going to be? Here we go. About the next Nintendo Switch. I wonder what it's gonna say about this. I'm very curious. Here we go. All right, it's it's slowly filling this out. Oh, we can here we get go. Started. Here we go. All right, so this is a script. So we are reading what what the AI tells us. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome back to Nintendo Minute. No, should be welcome back to the Kit and Krista podcast. Today we're going to talk about the highly anticipated next Nintendo Switch. Krista, what do we know so far? Well, there have been a lot of rumors and speculations about the next Nintendo Switch, but Nintendo has not officially confirmed anything yet. However, some sources suggest that it will have larger uh, OLED screen and support for 4K resolution in docked mode. Wow, that would be a significant upgrade. Do we know if it'll have any new features or improvements? Some reports suggest that it may have a more powerful processor, which could lead to better performance and graphics. There are also rumors about improved Joy-Con controllers, better battery life, and possibility even compatibility with VR. That's what you would want, robot. Oh. Or augmented reality. That all sounds exciting. But when can we expect the next Nintendo Switch to be released? Again, Nintendo has not confirmed any release date yet, but some analysts predict that it could come out as early as 2024, while others think it might be later than that. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But one thing's for sure, we're always excited to see what Nintendo has in store for us. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time on the Kitten Crusta podcast. It said Nintendo Minute. Wow. No. This AI really thinks that we're still doing, this is so weird. <laughs> You're so weirded out by this. I'm so creeped out. Well, first of all, you're the one who would say welcome back to whatever this is, not welcome me. Welcome back. So it's I all, always do the intro. It's you don't know me stuff. at all, AI. Do some research next oh. time. Um, well, the AI's got a lot of hopes and feelings about the next Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I mean, it did pull a lot of the reports from, like it pulled from a lot yeah. of existing predictions yeah. and stuff, I think, so. Okay. All right. Uh, next, what do we next. have next? Why Mother 3 hasn't been released outside of Japan. All right. Released outside Japan. Thinking, oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. Here we go again. More Nintendo, I'm taking this out. 
Welcome back to the Kit and Krista podcast. Today we're going to tackle a question that has been on the minds of many fans for years. Why hasn't Mother 3 been released outside Japan? Krista, do we have any answers? Well, it's a complicated issue. (laughs) Mother 3, also known as Earthbound 2 in the West, was released for the Game Boy Advance in Japan back in 2006 but it's never gotten an official localization for other regions. That's surprising, considering the cult following that the Earthbound slash Mother series has outside Japan. So why hasn't Nintendo brought it over? One of the main reasons is probably the game's controversial content. Mother 3 deals with mature themes such as death, depression, and even animal abuse. It also has some political commentary that might not resonate with Western audiences. Oh, that's a fair point, but couldn't Nintendo just censor or tone down those elements? It's possible, but some fans argue that doing that would compromise the integrity and message of the game. Plus, it would still require a significant amount of localization work and resources. I see, but what about the financial aspect? Surely Mother 3 would sell well in the West, given its popularity. That's another factor, but it's hard to say for sure. Nintendo may have conducted market research and determined that demand for Mother 3 outside Japan is not high enough to justify the cost and effort of localizing it. Well, it's certainly a complicated issue, but we hope that someday Nintendo will consider bringing Mother 3 to a wider audience. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time on the Kit and Krista podcast. Still says Nintendo Minute. Wow. <laughs> there you, you heard it there. Uh, the demand is not high enough to justify the cost. The controversial issues. The demand. Tell Nintendo. Tell Reggie. Don't tell Reggie. Don't tell Reggie. Reggie's he doesn't heard enough. Care. <laughs> <laughs> he also doesn't care he anymore. Doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> He's not involved in this. <laughs> <laughs> this is so funny. This is hilarious. Why do we sound like, oh, I, I whatever. Uh, next. Who is Bowser Jr.'s mother? Oh. This is straight out of the mouth of one of our superstars. I'm really curious about. Um, here we go. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Kit and Krista podcast. Today, we're going to talk about one of the biggest mysteries in the Mario universe. Who is Bowser Jr.'s mother? Krista, do we have any clues? Well, it's a question that's puzzled fans for years, and Nintendo has never given a clear answer. However, some theories suggest that Bowser Jr.'s mother is actually Princess Peach? (laughs) What? How is that possible? Bowser's the villain and Peach is the hero. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, this is going places. Yes, but some fans believe that Bowser Jr. was created through some sort of magical or genetic means using DNA from both Bowser and Peach. It's a far-fetched theory, but it would explain why Bowser Jr. has such a strong connection to Mario and Peach. Interesting, but why hasn't Nintendo confirmed or denied this theory? It's hard to say. Some speculate that Nintendo intentionally keeps the identity of Bowser Jr.'s mother vague to add to the mystery and intrigue of the Mario universe. Others think that creators simply haven't come up with a satisfying answer yet. (laughs) Well, regardless of who his mother is, Bowser Jr. has become a beloved character in his own right. He's even playable in some Mario games like Mario Kart and Super Smash Bros. That's true. And whatever the case might be, we can always count on the Mario universe to be full of surprises and adventures. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time on the Kit and Krista podcast. Wow! <laughs> DNA that's, and genetic... <laughs> that's the wildest one yet, I think. Wow. Okay. Oh my gosh, I'm crying. That is really funny. Um... Okay, last. No, wait, hold on. There's a button that says regenerate response. I want to see. Does it give you just the same thing? Oh, or regenerate. Or will, will it give you something else? Let's just see where this goes. Uh, talk about it. Yeah, it's, I think it's just the same thing. Okay. Well, what's the point of that? All right. Okay. Anyhow, okay. stop. 
Uh, we have one, one more? One last one. One more, and it's, it's for funsies, right? Yes, yeah, for funsies. What is this? Why does Kit dislike mayonnaise? Okay. Controversial. Controversial. Saw some people commenting on our um, Toad Cafe. Oh, they're mad at you. Like, what's the deal with this guy in the mayonnaise? Get what's, over it. What's the deal with this guy that did not share his cookie, but also stole her fries? What cookie? There are so many people that came to my defense in that video, and I was so validated. But what cookie? You ate your fire flower cookie spaghetti thing, and then you refused to share, and then you stole my french fries. People were mad at you. People still are mad. Uh, and anyhow. <laughs> Oh, it starts with you start this one this time. Okay. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Kit and Chris the podcast. Today we're going to talk about a rather unusual topic. Kit's dislike of mayonnaise. Kit, can you explain why you do not like this condiment? Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing, I know, but for some reason the taste and the texture of mayonnaise just doesn't sit well with me. I find it too creamy and heavy and it overpowers the other flavors in a dish. That's understandable, but have you always disliked mayonnaise or did something trigger it? Actually, I used to like it when I was younger, but then one day I had a really bad experience with it. I won't go into the details, <laughs> but let's just say it didn't agree with me and I haven't been able to stomach it since. I see. Well, everyone has their own food preferences and aversions, so nothing wrong with not liking mayonnaise. But have you ever tried any alternatives or substitutes like aioli or yogurt sauce? I have, and some of them are okay, but I still <gasps> prefer to avoid anything that resembles mayonnaise. It's just a personal thing, you know? Absolutely. Well, there you have it, folks. Kit's dislike for mayonnaise. Thanks for sharing that with us, Kit, and thank you all for watching the Kit and Chris the podcast. Um, it was mostly good until this this thing <laughs> of like aioli? other substitutes, things that are mayonnaise with a different name. That's completely wrong. Yogurt sauce, though, there's no mayonnaise in that. I'll eat yeah. yogurt. Yeah, yogurt. You though probably won't. You I don't. don't eat you white don't. Sauces. You don't like that. That's another. That's another question for the AI later. <laughs> uh, well, this was fun. This was illuminating. This was I think my favorite one is the Bowser Jr.'s mother question. Sure that was is. wonderful. And so was the Earthbound question. Actually, that was pretty good too. <laughs> it's really, uh, they really went there. The well, AI we, really went there. We really got to the bottom of some of these big existential questions. <laughs> um, what does the AI know that we don't? I think we just found out. Well, the AI is confused about some, some things. <laughs> How do we tell the AI? Do we want to tell the AI? Tell the AI, AI the what? The truth about us. <clears throat> Let's just, what if I just say, we, we, we left, Kit and Krista left Nintendo in 2022. What if I just tell it that? Let's see what happens. Oh, this is not a question. I'm just, it's a statement. telling it. I'm just, te I'm telling it. What do you have to say for yourself now? Oh, it's, it's arguing with me. It doesn't want to, uh, the language model. Oh, it doesn't oh, have the, any oh, information. I can only provide information based on my cut, knowledge cutoff date of September 2021. Why is that? I don't know. Just get, get the information. It's right there. Google it. Oh, you can't tell ChatGB to Google it. Google it, dummy. Google is very, very <laughs> mad at ChatGB. Or Bing or whatever this thing is associated Bing with. Bing it. Bing it, bro. <laughs> this is like open source. <laughs> I don't care. That's not my problem. You're a robot. I'm not. Okay. Anyways, shut her down. Uh, the robot wow. is, is done with this segment. I think we've got at least a few more weeks in us before we're overtaken by the AI. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. I think we're going to be just fine. All right. <sighs> Deep breath. Uh, On to the games we are playing. Yeah. So you finished Hogwarts Legacy. I sure did. Wow. No, I didn't finish it. I finished the well, main game. The main Well, that's story. called finishing it. Sure. But there's a lot of games. We didn't 100% it. I did not 100% well, Hogwarts who did? Legacy. Come on. A lot of people are probably trying no. to. Um, but I did beat the main story. Uh-huh. And 
it was really fun. Like I really, I really enjoyed um, my playthrough of this game. Like again, sometimes it's really good to be wrong because we were so wrong about, you know, this game's how it's going to be doing review wise, the quality of this game. I was really floored by just everything that they did that was in fan service to anyone that has grown up with the Harry Potter universe. Um, all of the things that they put into the game that you've always wanted to try for yourself after like reading the books or watching the movies was done so well. And yeah, the main story I thought was really good. It didn't like drag on forever, which was nice. It was like very contained. Um, and the, the quest that kind of built up to the finale um, were all like, it all like made the story made a lot of sense and it, it really like had a good payoff. Um, without spoiling it, I do think that there was one part in, in the game that was my favorite, which is where you sort of do this trial that has to do with a very famous like part of Harry Potter, which is the Deathly Hallows. And the way that they did that section of the game was unlike anything else in the game. Like the art style was different. The, the gameplay was different. And it all like paid off like how important the sort of the legend of the Deathly Hallows is in the Harry Potter universe. And when I played through that part, I was just like, this is so well done and so clever oh. and just like so fun. I've always wanted to like do something like that in, in like a Harry Potter, you know, game or whatever. So I thought that was amazing. Top notch game. Might be very high on my list Sounds for like game of the year. I like it when we have different, pretty different game of the year lists. Yeah. I mean, this is this, not going to be a really, not going to play I'm not, it, I will so. not be playing this. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It is nice to have, you know, a really, really high quality game of something you, you know, really love kind of from a like property sense. Like I think about Star Wars and like how few great Star Wars games there have yeah, been. Yeah, exactly. Like, where's my Mandalorian game? What are they doing? They totally Get think. going with that. Your little buddy is like a baby Yoda. The show is a video game. I know. Get the thing. You go to, have the Go quest. to the next thing. Get yeah. the next quest. I have completed my quest. That's literally like a <laughs> and line. And then you get another piece of armor from the armor. That's a literal line from the show. I have completed my quest. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you that you had this great, this great game based on this. Um, what was your total hour count, you would say? Probably about 30-ish hours on the main story. That's nice that you, if you want to, you know, be a bit more straightforward, it's not crazy, crazy yeah. long, but it, there's a, probably a lot of stuff you didn't so do, right? So many things that I didn't do. Even, like, sort of a secondary main quest that didn't have a resolution at the end of this one that um, they kind of put you on right away after you beat the main story. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, there's, the world is very vast for you to explore. Mm -hmm. you, and, and I might go back, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to try another game for a little bit, but I definitely think um, there's more to explore there. And your next game is? Resident Evil Remake, which is your yeah. priority. Yeah, we got some codes from Capcom, so thank you for those, yeah, Capcom. Um, yeah, I started this, uh, I've been playing since Friday, and um, it's great. I realize I do not have a lot of memory mm. of this game. Well, it's very old. I played it <laughs> when it came out in 2005. Right. It's funny, there's, the game has some difficulty settings, and the hard one, the little descriptor says, like, play this if you've played Resident Evil 4 2005. Oh. I was like, well, I played it, but it was 20 years ago. And I also don't want to play it on hard. Right, so I'm not doing I'm just playing the normal one. Normal, okay, that's good. Uh, and there is, a, there is an easier mode, too. Which, okay. Uh, that one sounds maybe a bit too easy. I'm doing fine so far. 
but um, <clears throat> yeah, this 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 is one of those games that I have in my head of like, yeah, this is probably like a top 10 or 15 game for me all time. Mm -hmm. But going back, I have so little recollection of it. It's fun to, to go back to it and yeah. experience most of it fresh. I remember some of the big, I remember that village sequence. I remember the chainsaw guy. I remember some of the bosses, Yeah, a few yeah. of the locations. But after that, like the moment to moment stuff, like I, I just don't Pretty remember. Pretty fuzzy. I just don't remember. Yeah. Would you say that they added, I haven't started yet, so would, would you say that they've added a lot to it, or is it pretty true to the original? I don't feel like they added that much. I think they they did a couple things just to, you know, give it a little bit more of a modern feel. Um, the controls to me, it's again, it's the same sort of, you know, over-the-shoulder, third-person shooting, um, but it does just feel a little less clunky to me. Yeah. Um, that was my reaction when I went back and played the original Switch version a couple years ago. I was like, oh, I don't think this is holding up so well. But I haven't felt that way with this one. It's definitely different from a like modern, you know, run and gun game, but it still feels good. And one of the things that I'm being reminded of of why this game <clears throat> was so well received and why I liked it so much is like all the encounters, you can really approach them so many different ways. Um a lot of weapons in this game. That's mm -hmm. something I didn't remember, but now I'm at a point where I'm just getting weapons and weapons and weapons are available. Yeah. I was like, oh, you can really kind of build your character how you want based on the weapons you want to use. There's a lot of kind of like, you can be tricky and like evade and like run away and kind of kite people towards you in certain ways. Okay. A lot of the environments you're in are pretty big, so you can, you have a lot of freedom. That's what I like about this game, because it's like a little bit less confined. Yes. And I feel like that's... Mostly outside. And that's much better. Yeah. I, I'm not as scared. <laughs> right. Yeah, because when you're in those like little hallways... Yeah. In other Resident Evil games, or like in a dark basement, or like in uh -huh. those like very narrow spaces, it's too scary. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I don't find this game to be that scary. I don't think this game is that scary either. You know, it's a survival horror game. I definitely feel the survival part yeah. more than the horror part, although it's certainly there. There's certainly a lot of things. There's like jump scares. They could be scary. Like the enemies are scary. They're gross. They're, they're coming to get you. So that itself yeah. is scary. But you feel empowered to deal with them. Yeah. You don't feel like, oh, I'm, I'm completely helpless. Yeah. And all I can do is run. You always feel like you have a shot. Yeah. Um, which is which is great. Mm -hmm. um, I'm at the point where I just got Ashley, who is oh, nice. the president's daughter, who you yes, were sent that's right. to rescue. So she becomes kind of your AI buddy. And I remember like this was one of the first games that really up until that point, like, oh, escort missions, these stink, these yeah, are the worst. No one wants to do them. And that was a big question about this game of like, is this just going to be annoying? Um, it, it wasn't though. It was fine. And it does, again, it, it does kind of help manage the tension of the game to have somebody else there with you. You still have to, you're in charge of their safety. Yeah. You can get game over if she gets like carried away by these people. But um, it is nice to have a little bit of banter between yeah, Leon and, um, Ashley, yeah. and her. Um, and you get a bit more of the story that way. I'm about to leave the first area which is mm -hmm. that kind of village and all the surrounding that's right there's the lake the lake is something else that i really didn't remember and i, and I do want to go back and and see if any of this is new <clears throat> it reminded me a lot of like the god of war lake where there's a oh. lot of little spots you can stop and do something or get an oh. item that are not entirely 
required. There's a lot of optional right. stuff. And that's, that's something I, I did have to look at a guide once or twice um, to just be like, where do I need to go next or what do I need to do? And there's so much that is optional of like finding treasure or mm -hmm. finding other, other things that you can turn into the merchant to get money um, or, or trade in for other things that I just missed. Like all around, like, oh, there's a thing dangling off of a tree. Shoot it down to get oh. the, the diamond or things. Like, wow, I've been missing. A these. lot of those, right. yeah. And it's fine. Like I, I'm, I'm not trying to be a completionist about it, but um, you can really get sucked into this game in, in a different way. Yeah. Um, so you played the you played it on GameCube. I played it on GameCube, <clears throat> but I don't remember much. But you haven't played it really since. I've not played since it since. Yeah. yeah, I'm so interested to see how you feel about it because you played you played Resident Evil Seven and were terrified and, I and did hated not it. Like I hated it. Yeah, but, but you have a positive memory of Resident Evil I 4, had, right? I have a very positive memory of 4 because I remember it wasn't that scary. Yeah. And that's kind of the reason why I played... And then I kind of didn't play a lot on, on a lot of Resident Evil after that. And then I played 7 and was like horrified that yeah. this game had turned into something that I would, wasn't expecting. Um, but I love Leon. He's like one of my favorite video game characters. I was going to ask you about Leon. He's very hot. <laughs> That's what I wanted I, to know. I miss him. <laughs> <laughs> I miss him and I want to see him in HD. Um, so yeah, I, and I, I, to your point, I think when I played Resident Evil 4, I remember I felt powerful. Yeah. Like I felt like, like I could survive this. Like I'm, I'm going to be okay. I did not feel like that in Resident Evil 7. I felt like I was never going to be okay ever yeah, again. Yeah. So I'm really excited to jump into this this week. Um, I'm just hoping it's not like, I don't want that many jump scares. I'm like a little nervous about that. There haven't been a lot of jump scares, okay. honestly. Um, and again, yeah. after the first, after you get past that first village sequence, like you start to get more weapons, you start to get more resources. Yeah. You feel really. Like equipped. You feel, well really, equipped. You feel really equipped for, yeah. for pretty much everything. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah I think a lot about like <laughs> Resident Evil 5 didn't quite click the way 4 did. Yeah. <laughs> I think so, I might have watched someone play that, but I don't think I've ever played that game. That game that game introduced like proper co-op. Like that game had a lot going for it. Oh, maybe I didn't but, play. Did I play that on 3DS? No, they didn't. They they put like What was that? There's that like one on there's 3DS, a side like, mode. The co-op one. There was a Merc the Mercenaries. That's what it they was. did a 3DS game yeah, just that on was, that. That was what it was. The Mercenaries. Uh, but then there was Revelations. They did a number of Revelations games yeah. on 3DS that, yeah. that used kind of that same sort of over the shoulder action. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think with five, it was just like it wasn't as fresh and new as four. I think the setting was not as memorable and iconic. I think it, it just felt like not as strong a take on the ideas of four. Right. But that's a game that now I'm I'm really like, gosh. Should we go back and, and but then, check it out again? But then they went so far with six that six is not one that I played because they were like, they this has become like a self-parody now. Like it's just an action game. Like they've sort of stripped what yeah. makes Resident Evil Resident Evil. So but this game is incredible. This game is a masterpiece. Um, I'm so happy that it still Holds you know up. has not fallen off yeah. Yeah. in my mind. Um, because yeah, I, I certainly would not say that I'm a Resident Evil guy. Or a horror guy, neither, or yeah. any of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> You're not that guy. But this, but this game, there's just something about this game that's that's outstanding. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so glad that yeah, I'm so glad this game exists. <laughs> so it's gonna be fun to go back to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so let's talk a little bit about these games that we played at GDC. So we went to uh, a couple different things. We went to uh, ID at Xbox 
Microsoft event. That's sort of their indie side of things. Mm -hmm. And they had maybe a dozen or so games. Yeah. We didn't play all of those. And then we had an appointment with um, Thunderful, which was mostly right. to see SteamWorld build, but they had some other things there as well. We got asked by a couple people, like, oh, did you go to the Nintendo event yet? And we said, oh, we're not invited. We're not invited. And then. they just had a, a really appalled look on their face, like, what has happened to you? How did, <laughs> what, what, what is being done to you? No, not, not what happened to us. No. We're perfect angels. Yes. What, ha what, has, what is being done what to us? What is being done to you? It's actually more accurate. <laughs> I don't care. Don't invite me. It's hilarious. It's fine. <laughs> we're not invited. That's what it I is. I don't need to be invited. I don't care. Um, so let's just run through some of these games. SteamWorld Build. That was the one that we had highest on our list we were most excited right. to see. Yes. So we did not get to play this game, actually. This was the yeah. one that we did not get to they, play. They were very, like, um, they wanted to demo it for us because this game is really, really, like, deep. And there's a lot kind of going on. This is, this is like a um, city builder, like, real-time strategy right. kind of game. Right. You need time to, like, understand how to build up your town, how to mine for resources, all that good stuff. Um, so they showed us like sort of a city that's like really, really built out in the very beginning and it was like extremely overwhelming, like what you can do. And then they jumped us to the, the beginning of the game and showed us like how you start. Yeah. Which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, we saw like a 20 minute demo. Um, <clears throat> one of the unique hooks of this game is like you can go above ground and below mm -hmm. ground because there's yep. different things happening beneath and below ground is where more of the like fighting, fighting fighting happens. Yeah. I'll admit, though, like, a lot of the content of this game was way over my head. Like, this is a game where maybe you need, like, an hour and really sit through the tutorials. You, yeah, you need your own time with this game. As the person who was doing the demo was doing a good job, but they were going so fast and talking about things where it's like, wait, what? what or what's that? Or, yeah. It, it, it was honestly really hard to keep up with. Yeah, and then you see some of the menus, too, like your resource menu or like what you have to do underground to gather re uh, resources and protect your miners and, and do yeah. like the RTS part of it. And it is very involved. Right. Um, so I think it was really funny because at the very end we're like, so how do you fail at this <laughs> game? Because I think that was like the thing that I was yeah. nervous about. Like, how do I lose? Is there a lose? Right. And it's all about like resource management. So it's the stakes are like lower in terms of like, you can't like game over and lose everything. Mm -hmm. But you do have to like give yourself time to like kind of understand how all of these things are connected. Right, right. And they said you at the beginning you pick a map, and there's a number of different maps you can pick from. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of the map that you're playing through. Yeah. And I guess the maps probably correlate a little bit to the difficulty yeah. of what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. But it's not like you finish one map and you go to the next one like levels. Right. It's like you pick the map that and you is like start your, your map. town like from scratch. Right. And then and then you could there is a way to, to finish and you beat the game. Yeah. And then I guess you could start over again. So the structure of the game is a little bit different from other SteamWorld games. Yeah. But they did say that in between there are these sort of story things that will happen. Because mm -hmm. we did see a pretty long cutscene at the, the beginning. At the very yeah. beginning. They were also saying that this game takes place. Right simultaneous after, yeah. to SteamWorld Dig 2. Right. I'll be honest, I don't remember the story of SteamWorld Dig 2. I need to go back. You need to watch trailer of the ending. I mean, I understood the general story of that series, but I wouldn't say I was like crazy deep into the lore. Yeah, there is a lot of lore though. There is. More than you would think. Right. And it is sort of interesting how they're looking at it as a connected universe. Right. They have marveled SteamWorld, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool. Um, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot, 
that SteamWorld, whenever they make a new game, it's really easy for us to say like, just make SteamWorld dig, you know, X, Y, Z, or like make another SteamWorld heist or make another SteamWorld whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that team never does that. They w- will zag every time to a completely different genre. Mm-hmm. And this is what they did. They, they totally did this for SteamWorld build where it's like this whole, you know, new genre that you never expect to see this like IP in. So I'm here for that. Yeah, after after we got introduced to the series with SteamWorld Dig, they did SteamWorld Heist. And I, t- I told Brian that, I was like, I was so mad yeah. when you did that because I just wanted a sequel to this game. But I ended up loving Heist. Exactly. And Heist is incredible. Yeah, yeah So exactly. from that point on, I was really just like, all right, you do what you need to do in terms of switching these genres. And I'm just going to put faith in you to make these games work and be good. Um, and they have. Like, there hasn't been one that I've thought is a stinker. Yeah, So yeah, yeah. even though that initial demo was more than a mouthful for us, like, I, I don't really... I'm not really worried or anything. It's yeah. just like, all right, well, when I when I actually can sit down with the game and, you know, see all the tutorials and go through it at my own pace, it'll it'll be fine. Exactly. They did still say like like yeah, like every other Steamworld game, we're taking a genre and making it accessible. Yeah. And they did show us some things of like, yeah, you can just destroy any structure and get your money back. Yeah, exactly. Right. So yeah. so I do I do believe them on that. So even though it looked complex, like I I don't think the game will feel overly complex. Yeah, I think you have, when once you, have time you get going. To... To do it on your on your own, you'll be fine. So I'm excited about this game. I continue to be excited for anything SteamWorld. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The next game we saw while we were there was a game that we didn't know. I've we, never heard. We of didn't this know game we before. were going to see. Never heard of it. No. I kind of didn't want to see it. We saw this before SteamWorld. I was like, can I just get to that? But this game was incredible. This game blew our mind. It did. And it might have been like the best one we saw. <laughs> it's one of those things again where like you yeah. kind of were reluctant to play it. Um, so you were playing this game and it, it's definitely like a more puzzly game than normally you're not into like the more puzzly games. Right. So the game is called Viewfinder. Yeah. And it's a first person game, first person puzzle game, I would say. Right. And the demo experience for this was interesting where they didn't really tell me anything. Right. They were just like, well, here you go. Here's the game. You can play. Right. And I was just kind of bumbling around and I was... I didn't really know. There was no, like, controller card. Nothing, yeah. There was no, like, press this button to do the main mechanic. It was just like, well, figure it out. So I was like, well, I can jump. I can move. Like, how do I get... how do things up. How do I get around? Yeah. And then the nice lady was like, well, so why don't you go pick up this photograph that's over on this this thing and see what you can do with that. So I picked it up, and then I fumbled around again and could do nothing. And she was like, well, why don't you try pressing these buttons? And so you can actually, like... The photograph was a picture of some other part of the environment. Yeah. And you could use the photograph to sort of superimpose and make it real in like 3D. Yeah. So I could go into, basically go into Into the the world of that photograph. It's crazy though, because you can put that photograph anywhere on the screen. Right. And you were like, it's amazing how this game doesn't like bug out. It seems like you could totally break this game yeah. by putting the photograph in the wrong place. It does have a, re- a time rewind mechanic. Yeah, the, the rewind mechanic is very helpful. probably prevents a lot of that from happening. Yeah. Because if you put it in the wrong place, you could just like fall off the world or get stuck or, yeah. or something like that. Um, but even then, that didn't happen that much. You can also rotate the picture. Mm-hmm. 
So you can enter the world upside down, right. sideways. So because, because that's typically how you move on to your next objective right. or get the thing that you needed. Is it's, it's in the photograph. Yeah. And yeah. there was one puzzle that I did where I just went into the photograph and there was another photograph and I just kept laying them on and I kept going deeper and deeper yeah. into the photograph. It like built a bridge with right. the photograph to the next area. It was, yeah. it was nuts. Yeah, like the area I needed to get to was super like far really away. Really far away, yeah. But then there was just this like nesting doll level mm -hmm. of photograph. It was like Inception, like photographs and photographs. Yeah. And I was making a bridge basically across. I was getting, my brain was starting was to like, like melt oh down. Oh my gosh. And then <laughs> you reach a point where you get a, just a camera. And you can take photos. And you can take a photo and then place that, that into the world. Yeah. So and it wasn't all photographs. Like no. there was a part of the game where you encountered like other art styles. Right. So you like walked into a picture that was like a pencil sketch right. and then an oil painting and then like pixel art of like a dungeon that looked like a doom dungeon. <laughs> right, right. Anyways. And then yeah, and then you were fully in the art style of whatever those were. Yeah. So my brain though. I, yeah, that was it was really just like a trip to see what this game was. And I don't know if that was intentional for them to give us no setup and no Hopefully. information and just kind of let us come to our own conclusions. I think that's a bit of a risky thing to do, but- um, You did have like a, a lot of like aha moments though on your own. Yeah, yeah, is, it really, it really paid cool. off yeah. because you were just like experiencing this thing completely fresh and like, wow, a lot of wow moments. Yeah, totally. Um, I saw a lot of other, a few other people coming out of GDC saying like, yeah, we saw this too. And this was maybe one of the coolest things that was there. Yeah. Um, it's on PC and I think they said PS5. I saw some stuff online about a potential VR version coming oh at some point. That that does seem like. That you, seems like you, you could totally do it and it would be if like you can, so if, if interesting. You, if you, that seems like that could be a fun way to play it if you want to do VR. Um, yeah. This feels like it, it's it's a, like a next iteration of like the portal concept exactly yeah it definitely has that feel to it or like a mist you know um that kind of puzzle where it's very environmental um yeah really interesting i really like this game i'm excited to, to yeah. actually play it from the beginning and see what the setup is because it's yeah. quite a mysterious story element as well that i'm like why are there all these photographs and why are you walking into painting like what's going on yeah we'll definitely seek it out um once it is actually i can't remember actually when they yeah. Yeah, I can't remember, but we'll, we will get this game eventually. Um, at the Xbox event, um, we played a game called Venba that was from one of the uh, Nintendo indie showcases, mm -hmm. which we saw, which we liked, which was kind of a uh, story-driven game, but the, the gameplay was all food. Yeah. So it was like a story told through food. Recipes. Yeah. And this game was also interesting because, like, I thought it was going to be very clear on like, this is how you make this dish. Yeah. But no, it was very puzzly. Like, it's like you have to do a lot of experiment experiments to figure out like how to, you know, make the dish, dish um, successfully. And then there is sort of an under layer, layer of like this family drama that's kind of happening. Right, right, um, right. So there's like a husband and wife who had moved, were they in Canada? They're they in were, Canada. They had moved to Canada from India. Yeah. And like the wife was not feeling well, but she was like making this food for the family before they set out. You make the food, 
there's some dialogue about it. Eventually yeah. you find out like the wife is pregnant. Yeah, yeah. So like you can see how like the food is kind of the 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 mechanism through which the story right. is driven forward. Right, 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 right. Exactly. It is more story than I thought. I thought it was just me like making these dishes. What's that cooking mama? <laughs> um, but it was good. I mean, the food we were making this thing, this dish that you think is pronounced Italy. I don't know. I shouldn't say. I don't. We yeah. don't know for sure. So if you are, you know what this food is, tell us. But it was really interesting to like put that together, like yeah. create the dish, um, and the the art style. I love the art style. It has like sort of like a pastel, pastel yeah. hand drawn quality. We met the the guy that was the art director, right. at the event, right. and beautiful art style. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, we played another game called Botany Manor, which um, was interesting and, and very Something different. Something nefarious is happening at the manor. What was that? Um, the Street Pass game that was about oh, planting fl Flower Town. Flower Town. Was that it? This kind of gave me that vibe, but it's like not, built into its own game. It's not cute like Flower Town. Something bad has happened. So, so it was like a first-person game where you're exploring, and you were you started out in like a greenhouse. And you're like planting flowers, but you need to like it gets pretty deep of like learning about these flowers. You have yeah. to like there's some puzzle aspects yeah, of like you have to like look around for clues to give you like an understanding of like how to plant and grow this flower. Right. Like we found a postcard that was like this flower is from Sicily and it grows in like volcanic soil. Right. So and you need to turn the temperature up yeah. really high. Then you look it up in your little like farmer's almanac and it's like, well, this flower from from this region needs this temperature. So yeah. you have to go adjust the thermostat to yeah. get it to grow. Yeah. And then you go on to the next thing. Um, we didn't get a feel for the story at all, Scary. but it seems like you. So you eventually get into the, the manor, the manor, which you thought was creepy. I thought it was just kind of quaint. I think something happened. All right, something bad is happening at the Botany Manor. All right, Lady Annabel Green is the main character. We, oh, wow, and we don't know what's happening to Lady Annabel. Yeah, Green. we won't know. Uh, but that game's coming to Xbox. I think that's also coming to Switch. I believe. Um, but yeah, they had about a dozen games. We didn't get a chance to to see them all. Um, there was one other game that we saw that week, which we cannot talk about yet, but you can look forward to our impressions soon, which is Minecraft Legends. That was at a different event um, that we went to. We, we got to play a lot of that. Yes. Uh, and that game's coming out really soon. It is. Uh, so we'll have a pretty in-depth, whole standalone video on that. Yes. Well, so what were your thoughts on GDC overall, though? I, you know, I love GDC because again, it just gives you an opportunity to see a lot of games that you, that's never on your radar. And I always think like, without events like this, how am I ever going to know about these games? Yeah. And like, I wouldn't want to miss a game like Viewfinder or like Vemba or whatever. Like, they're not going to get, obviously like the amount of marketing a AAA title will get. And, but they're so unique and fun and like, I, I love discovering them. And if GDC gives, I think gives us like an opportunity to discover these games and, and talk to these developers, I think that's, that's the best thing. Yeah, that's what I felt too was there's never been like more high quality games out there, especially from independent developers. But at the same time, it's never been harder to have your game stand out. Yeah. So unless you get featured in like a Nintendo Direct indie showcase, or, yeah. or you get handpicked by Xbox to be at their event. Like, what do you do? I know you just can get lost. Yeah. And that was the experience that I had last week playing Anno Mutationum. Was like, 
Two wow. years later, you never heard this game. This game was great. If I, if I hadn't been recommended this game in a video that I saw, like I would have no clue that this game even existed, let exactly. alone that it was good. Yeah. I'd never heard of it. Yeah. So I don't know what the solution to that is. I really feel for these developers who are probably doing everything they can to break out and get attention. And mm -hmm. there's a lot of little businesses that have been started by people with experience in the industry of how to do that, but it's not guaranteed. It isn't. Yeah. yeah. It isn't. It's based on so many factors that are outside of your control. Right. But I mean, I we can do our part. <laughs> yeah. People listen to this podcast. So hopefully you yeah. guys are are hearing about games that you haven't heard of before and you will give them a try because some of these are really amazing. Yeah, games. but I wonder about, I mean, something like a Viewfinder, which is from a smaller publisher that was not at the Xbox event. Like, no. and again, we, we, we went there to see something else. I kind of didn't want to see that, but has a truly unique and, and cool mechanic. Yeah. Like, will that just find its audience? Will people elevate that and, yeah. and say, this is the thing? Yeah, they, they have, I don't know. like, I looked it up later. I'm like, how did I miss this game? Because this game is so unique yeah. and so interesting. And there's trailers out there. Mm -hmm. They have, like, they yeah, have announced yeah. this game. Right. So, but I've never heard of it until we were randomly asked to see this game. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, anyhow, hopefully um, we can shine a light on some of these. Yeah, that, that was my games. overarching takeaway from GDC was, like, wow, we're in kind of this interesting place where the quality is through the roof, but some of these games just may not make it. Yeah, they might not make it to the general public right. or, or the, right. yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on to the news. And uh, our I first story, story is actually from GDC, Ubisoft. Ubisoft this morning said they're not going to E3. Did you see that? Oh, really? So I, I mean, who else? Is, is anybody confirmed to go to E3? I was going to gonna say, the news should be who's going and who's <laughs> no. not. Well, I think the not answer who is, is not going. I think nobody's going. Well, then then that's great. Let's just put that out there, you know? So what is, it's, it's basically <clears throat> the start Let's say we're at the start of April, and that event is in June. If they have two months, two into two months, and there's nobody actually confirmed to go, are they going to pull the plug? Have they already sunk a lot of read pop? <laughs> already built a built a set or what? But that's going to be embarrassing if they actually go through with this. And that's there's like my worst nightmare. Nobody there. It's like when you have a party and no one shows up. It was up. like me with that event. Exactly. <laughs> it's not too late to bail out. It's not too late to bail out. Oh, man. Maybe it saves some face that the way. The ESA is going to look bad. Yeah. Anyhow, um, Ubisoft at GDC did a session about this new AI tool that they have, which is called Ghostwriter. And I'll just, I'll just read from their announcement what this is so we can all get a handle on what this is. Introducing Ubisoft Ghostwriter, an AI tool developed in-house that aims to support our script writers by generating the first draft of our NPC barks. The phrases are sounds made by NPCs when players interact with the game world. This tool was created hand-in-hand -hand with script writers to create more realistic NPC interactions by generating variations on a piece of dialogue. See how our teams will use uh, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. So they had this session where they, where they showed it off. Yeah. Um, the reaction to this was interesting. It was initially really, really strong pushback yeah. of like, you can't automate like this part of a game. Like mm -hmm. this, this People is... will be able to tell when right. it's like a generative, right. you know. But then people went to the session and were singing a different tune. Of, right. Of like, no, I see the point of this. They've done it really thoughtfully. Like this, this has value. Yeah. I think it's funny that, you know, you, you also put this bit in about how the creator of Ghostwriter was telling people to steer clear of programs like ChatGPT. Well, now we is, know why. <laughs> but, well, now we, we do know why. But, um, you know, having, I think what the difference here is, is that this is a 
sort of a proprietary tool, I guess. So they're yes. using specifically for this task and not something gen like very like generic, like right. a chat GPT. Mm -hmm. So that could offer, you know, some like level of quality um, uh, that we don't see, which is like regular yeah. AI software. Yeah, I, I mean, I think yeah. the fear was, you know, the whole game's gonna be written by AI and it's gonna be mumbo jumbo. Right. But really what they're doing is pretty minimal and does mm -hmm. come across as busy work for actual writers to be writing just like stuff you hear in the world from NPCs. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm not upset about this actually. Right. This feels like a reasonable use of this tool. And, and that's their point of like, we are freeing up our writers to actually write something meaningful yeah. instead of this filler, basically. Right. It sounds like these are all the repetitive tasks too. Right. So yeah, exactly. You want to free up your resources to do work that actually matters, that is actually going to make a big difference in the game. And maybe some of these more like repetitive or like monotonous things can be taken care of another way. So I'm, I'm not mad about this either. I think it's fine as long as you're not abusing or using it because you're lazy or something like that. Yeah. You know, that and doesn't I, seem like to be the case. And I think they talked about how they have a process where the AI will generate it and then an actual writer will go in and yeah. check it. Or like it's like a first draft. Punch it up or yeah. change it, which is is good. I mean, I, I do still think we'll get the future where it's like this whole game was written by AI. Um, oh my. And that will be weird. And Unless the AI learns so much about us that it won't be weird and we can't even tell. And we just will never know. I mean, there was that, that thing that was doing like the, the AI written Seinfeld, which went for a while until it said some really offensive stuff. That's true. <laughs> so. Or the AI that took the law test and was like, right. you couldn't tell. Yeah. You never know. So it's, it'll be fascinating to see where this goes. <laughs> uh, and as this technology improves, I, I, it's impossible to predict. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's impossible to predict what the implementations of this technology will be and how how accepted it will be in the future. Like it could be, we could be living in a world where a lot of these tasks get replaced and we're just like totally fine with it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But we, we won't know until it happens. Just like you getting it. replaced. And we'll, be, the, and we'll be fine with it. Okay. Yeah, poof. See goodbye. You later. Make my job easier. Uh, your 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 body has been turned into sustaining goo for a computer. Okay, <laughs> I'm the energy. I'm yeah. a battery. Thermal paste. Oh, yum! That sounds <laughs> that's delightful. A, that's Krista now. Thermal paste on a computer. <laughs> Delicious. Um, there was a game announcement. Ah, yes. uh, last week from um, 2K Lego 2K Drive, and this game comes out very soon, May mm -hmm. 19th. Did you see this announcement? I did not. This was during uh, GDC week. So this is interesting. This is um, an open world racing game. Uh, from Visual Concepts, which is the team from 2K that does a lot of their sports games. Mm. Um, I watched the trailer. I think this game looked really cool, actually. Oh. It sort of, um, it looked like kind of equal parts, burnout meets like, it visually looked like Excite Truck or Excite Bots, where oh. you have this sense of speed, and then you're like building these cars. Like some of them, you, some, like, some, one transformed into a boat. So you could like drive and then go in the water and swim around. Like it just looked really. Can you build a fun. shark car? Uh, a, mo a shark car monster truck. I don't know. Um, so does it lets you build the exact vehicle you want to race in. Well, that's what I want to race in. Exactly. That's what I've been doing. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, it could be cool customization because if you're building a, like a Lego car, you're imagining like it's just going to give you like a bunch of pieces. Can do whatever. That's cool. Yeah. 
I don't, I have to be honest, I don't understand what's going on with the Lego license right now mm. because there have been the like, tri- like Lego Star Wars, Lego whatever, like those have been done by Warner Brothers and that I TT so. Games that, TT, yeah. that we worked with on Lego Undercover. Yes, that's right. I don't understand how 2K got the license to do this driving game. Mm, yeah. I don't know. I don't completely understand what's going on there. I, I don't think that's ever a good thing when the license gets like split up so many times, so much. Yeah. And there have been a lot of reports about those other Lego games. Like they had to really scale back. Like I think that team just hit a breaking point because they had so many games going. And okay. as honestly, for the best, because yeah. there's only so much Lego we can all handle. Yeah. There's no like Lego movie these days, right? They, those Lego movies did, are so popular. They did two, they did of, those? two of those. With Chris Pratt in that too? I think yes. That's the directors of the Mario movie or the directors of the Lego movie. I know. Yeah. They, they did. Those movies are really popular and really good. And I'm surprised there hasn't been a third one. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah, again, this license is confusing a bit. So right. I'm not sure what's going on. I am. I, I dislike Legos in real life. Well, in real life, uh, yeah. The, the, the Lego NES we have, I had somebody build that for me because I, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't want to do it. Yeah, but, I'm not very good at it. But the implement, I mean, the implementation of this game, this looked this look really fun to me. This, yeah, this is perfect for this kind of game where you're yeah. like using the, the Lego to customize the carts. You know, it's set in this really like visually uh, recognizable <laughs> universe um, that, you know, I think will be really fun for this kind of game. So... Yeah, that part of it is all is all very good. Um, but yeah, I'm curious to see like how this is done, you know, within yeah. some of the other Lego properties. How happy must visual concepts be to work on something that is not a sports game also? After like, just year God. after yeah. year after that's year like of like grind. NBA 2K. I know. That's a grind. We how many bobbleheads? We put people... more sweat on LeBron James. Yeah. The heads are even bigger than ever. <laughs> That's NBA Jam. Oh, whatever. I can't the big it. head mode. I can't take it. Tell me. <laughs> yeah, this is like, thank goodness we can do something else. Freedom. <laughs> then it's back to work. Um, and then I added this into the news. It, it, who knows if this will be still relevant or not after this Zelda video comes out. But a lot of people were pointing out that Nintendo is just trying to ring the towel as dry as it can be. To I get know. Any- every eek, every bit of information possible that they currently have right. for Tears of the Kingdom. Any outcome. conversation going. Yeah. So some things they've done recently is they have released the Breath of the Wild um, Explorers Edition book. That They did a special edition of that game, do you remember, about a year later, that yeah. came with this little booklet. That's right. Which is like an Explorer's Guide kind of thing. They released that. Um, here they're doing tweets This is the, about- the all-time weird... <laughs> What is this copy on this tweet? When you know how to sneak strike, but not bowl a strike, were you a snotorious bowler? Maybe AI wrote that. AI's writing tweets Who now. Who's writing these? Do not let the AI write your tweets. If I see you writing it, if I see you posting an AI tweet, you're in, big, you're in big trouble. You'll never know. I will know. It's going to say Nintendo Minute. <laughs> I'm going to make the AI write our YouTube descriptions from now on. That'd be funny, actually. I'm oh, no. not doing that. But this, this is a very oddly worded tweet. Like, I don't understand this. But they have just been, like, again, they've been using screenshots from that last Tears of the Kingdom trailer. They're just going back to the well on Breath of the Wild, just get any sort of conversation going around Zelda. And I think a lot of people have started to sniff it out of like, hey, you actually don't have anything to say here. I know. So why don't you cool it with that? 
And again, <laughs> like we'll see whether this new 10 minutes of gameplay roughly is roughly. enough yeah. to get people off of that. But, but. I, th I think we sort of hit a point of really asking like, is this actually, so are people really like so on the fence about this game? They're gonna buy it. We asked our Patreon subscribers, we did a poll. This is the poll I mentioned at the top. So the poll was, with a little more than a month to go until the release of The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, how are you feeling about Nintendo's limited release of information on the game? 85% of the people said, 85! That's a huge majority. I'm convinced I should get the game based on what we've seen so far. Uh, next was 8%. I'm not getting the game either way, so it doesn't matter to me. So these people were like... I don't like Zelda, or I'm just not yeah, interested. I'm not interested. My mind cannot be changed. Right. 6%. I am on the fence about the game and need more information to decide if I should get it. And then 2%. I'm convinced I shouldn't get the game based on what we've seen so far. Mm -hmm. So that 6% is really the 6% that we need to focus on here with this conversation. Yeah. Because these are the people who are truly on the fence. They're right. maybes. They're maybes. And they're they're the ones probably a little bit peeved that there has not been so much information about this game right. that's been, that exists to, to date right. and um, are waiting to see if they should get this game. But it sure feels like more than 6% of people have been out there saying Nintendo, they just like to talk Nintendo's about dropping the ball, uh, yeah. Nintendo's not doing enough, we don't know anything. I'm, I, you know, this game is seventy dollars. Somebody, blah, yeah, blah, some. Blah. This we haven't yeah. justified seventy dollars. People who don't watch Twitter or YouTube videos aren't going to know, and they're not going to buy the game. But it turns out only six percent of people are actually on the fence, and 85 percent are a definitive yes. Yeah, exactly. So what are we doing here? Exactly. I think people just like to talk about it. It's something to like be mad about and just be part of the conversation the, on. You know, this is an idea that I recently introduced to you called concern trolling. <laughs> and that's exactly what this is. This is concern is. trolling. Yeah. Concern trolling is pretending to be concerned about something that actually doesn't apply to you with the intent of riling somebody up, like, yeah. like trolling. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I'm really worried that Joe Casual is not gonna know to get Tears of the Kingdom I because know. Nintendo's not tweeting about it or releasing right. videos. It's like, you're talking about a mythical person who might not exist, yeah. who you don't know anything about, yes. but you are pretending to be so worried about it. Right. This in is, in this reality, 85% is not yes. Joel. This is Joel all an illusion. Whatever. Whatever. This yeah, is all no, made up. So let's, let's stop doing this. We've all made up our minds. We're all getting this game. We're, I know. All, we're all excited exactly. about this game. We're going to get the game right. and it's going to be fine. But anyways, we have some very uh, <laughs> You're insight. cutting me off from ranting here. <laughs> Doing hand gestures. <laughs> All right. Link himself wrote in. The hero of winds. Read it, please. I'm getting the game either way, but I'm still disappointed with how they've been handling releasing info. I don't think Breath of the Wild would have had the same impact for me personally without its buildup. It's hard to be excited for something you don't know many details about without creating potentially unrealistic expectations, and I'm not finding myself counting the days until launch like I did for Breath of the Wild. Hmm. Yeah. Link Link subscribes on Patreon, you gotta say. Link, Link himself. Is there. Yeah. He can't talk, but he can type. Could be you. <laughs> um, Paul says, I'm convinced to get the game and also very intrigued. It will be neat to take a game from a developer I trust where I know very little about it beforehand. 
I get nice surprises taking a chance on small indie games all the time mm. and not knowing anything about those beforehand really enhances the experience. So getting to have this experience with a big budget AAA game will be really great. I really like this second this, point. Yeah, here. we were just talking about that. It's so true. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, $70 versus a smaller indie game is a bit of a difference, but yeah. Yeah, but, it, but like Paul points out, it's like nobody's doubting the, the, quality, the quality of what will be what this development the studio game. is going right. to put out. So, so it's actually okay. Exactly. Mr. Andy Pong says, I feel like I'm the exception to the other comments here, but I'm actually not going to be buying it yet. I honestly don't know enough about the game to drop this amount of money on it. I was also a little disappointed by the trailers because they showed a lot of the same areas from the first game and not enough details about what's new. Breath of the Wild felt so massive and full of content and I don't want to be doing the same things again. <clears throat> I probably wouldn't feel this way if it wasn't a sequel and there was a new world to explore. Sorry, I'm just not feeling the hype this time around. I'm sure it'll be an amazing game and I will play it one day, but I'm happy to wait a bit before I decide to buy. It's very it's reasonable. Reasonable, yeah. yeah. Very reasonable. And finally, VGM Life says, I kind of wish Nintendo took this approach more often. When I know I'm going to buy a game, I will try to avoid trailers and demos. The enthusiasts will play a Zelda game regardless, and if there's a positive word of mouth, everyone else will follow. Nintendo's approach with Tears of the Kingdom shows so much confidence in the quality of the game. Well, don't tell Nintendo this, because they're going to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I agree that like if you are very like spoiler-averse, yeah. and you want to be surprised, this is a great... I mean, this this they basically... like. Did the work for you right. in in terms of you not having to go out and avoid things, but I don't think Nintendo is doing this because they're confident about the game. I think they're doing this because that development team is notoriously like difficult to work with with this kind of release with releasing information about their games. Um, but I don't I don't think it's because they're like overly confident at Nintendo. Like, hey, we. This is going to be, we're going to hit this one out of the park. You know, I don't, I don't think that's the case. Oh, I think they are because they're like, hey, our last game was Breath of the Wild. We, it's the best game ever. So people, people should understand that pedigree and not worry. I think that it's like almost a little bit the opposite where they're probably like, some, some people over there might be thinking like, how are we going to top Breath of the Wild? Mm -hmm. Like that's a, a very hard bar mm -hmm. to reach. Um, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know if they have like, if everyone, everyone's on the same page, like, well, no, no problem. We'll beat this. But again, when, we'll when you have these problem. conversations with these, these doggone marketing teams who are always bugging you, what gives you the upper hand? Like did okay last time, didn't we? Game was pretty good. Listen to us. We're putting our foot down now. Yeah. This is, where the because... this is where the development team and the marketing team have very different when, when I was the one having that discussion on Breath of the Wild, they couldn't say that. Because like, hey, this is a brand new thing. Do people know about this? Not really. Have we convinced everybody that this is the right direction for the series? No. Um, is everybody 100% on board with this, this game? No. So we could, put, we could plant those seeds and say, hey, we need to answer these questions. Mm -hmm. and, I think they, and I think now in that exact same conversation, they come back and say no. We, we have answered all those questions. This is in that same style of game that everybody loved. It was the best game ever. That won game of the year everywhere. Go away. <laughs> let, us, let us cook. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Mr. Anima is saying that right now. Let me cook. 
ceiling. I really appreciated those conversations because they they did have very strongly held opinions. They do. They but, really do. But they never shut. They never said like, and that's enough, and now go away. Like they always they, let us. They always let us keep. They have going. a dialogue. They really right. did do have. They really did do. They really had a good dialogue. I think. Um, Trying to understand the angles at yeah, so that's what we did. Like we we went back and forth as much as we needed to. A lot, and I think in the end, hopefully they felt like they did. It was worth it. Hopefully they didn't feel like they had to give away too much. Right. And I think we accomplished on marketing what we needed to do. Well, it's, it was a totally different environment for um, different challenges for Breath of the Wild, like to your point. But Because I was there then and I'm not now. <laughs> well, you're not there <laughs> Who's now. Who's doing it? And again, I, I continue to, like, if I, if I was there now, I would be concerned because it's like this bar is so incredibly high. Right. Do you understand what you have to do to surpass that? And is that even possible? Well, if that's what you're telling them, you're going to freak them out. Do you even some... do you even understand, Mr. Aonuma? He's gonna. He's just getting his nineteenth haircut. Me so <laughs> Stress haircuts. <laughs> Cutting bangs. Cutting bangs. <laughs> <laughs> like three in the morning. Like shit. Oh no! I don't know what I'm getting into. Oh, no. I'm never gonna get another game than you. Um, that's not true. But that, but that that is would that that is. That would be where you would come in from like a marketing perspective and be yeah. like, yeah, to convince people that you're, you are very confident about surpassing that bar, that Breath of the Wild set, like do these, do something, do yeah. a thing. Yeah. You know, maybe that's what convinced them to do this trailer that's this week or whatever. Right. So who knows? Anyways. Um, our first question from Patreon is along this topic. So let's start here from Paul Gale. Hi, Kit and Krista. Do you think Nintendo will or should include a new trailer for Tears of the Kingdom ahead of every theatrical presentation of the Super Mario Brothers movie? I think it would be a wise and strategic move to capitalize on the tens of millions going to watch Mario to mm -hmm. let them know of this new Zelda game coming out that's part of, quote, Nintendo. Mm -hmm. Thanks for your thoughts. Yeah. Cinema Spots was a big <clears throat> yeah. thing that our ad team did at Nintendo. Mm -hmm. They would always do, like, these... You know, they would buy advertising in front of movies. So I would, I would say that this is very likely. Maria Menounos is introducing the new video. I was in one of the cinema spots. Really? I had to, I had to memorize a script. I think it was Mario Party. Wow. Yeah, I had to go to Chicago to film it. And I don't think I ever saw this. I did not do a very good job memorizing oh. the script. I don't like being scripted, but I was in a movie, a pre-movie spot. Oh, I want to see that now. There you go. Okay. But no, I think it's very likely. Very likely. Well. A new trailer. Oh, a new trailer. That's that's where I draw the line. No, just the regular trailer. The trailer that's so, out right now. The 30-second right. ad spot that's out right now that I see on Twitter literally every day. For Joe Casual, you don't need you need money to reach these people. You don't need new information. No. What you, you need is money. You need to throw money to reach them as, yeah, as often as just possible. Any trailer, any old footage, right. just awareness. Yeah, they have they like you're saying, they have the 30 second whatever. I literally see it daily on Twitter. Right. It's sponsored to me because so, they know that they don't need to sell it to me. They're wasting their money on me. I'm right. Again, for the people who are like refreshing Twitter daily, like they want something new. But if you're learning about it for the first time, it's like, oh. Yeah. Another an, uh, that looks cool, or oh, I remember the last game, that was great. That's yeah, all you need. That's all you need. And you need to just throw money at that to get it out as widely as possible. Exactly. So the, the new part of it doesn't matter. But I agree, this is a very good idea. Hopefully they can do it. They're definitely going to do it. <sighs> They're definitely going to do it. 
ad team. Oh, it's a different ad team now. Guess we're going to find out the soon. The ad team is different now. The, the old ad team is no longer. Uh, so we don't know if they're, oh they got boy. the chops. Just oh kidding. Boy. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you saw the next question. Speaking of the ad team. Uh, Brick Obscura. Uh, how aware were people inside of Nintendo about the Karen meme from the announcement video for Nintendo Switch? Were there any conversations about her unintended popularity and whether or not to embrace it or ignore it entirely? Is she excluded from any future advertising campaigns because of how the internet embraced her character? The name Karen's really been through a lot of twists and turns. I know, over right? The years. I know. Unfortunately, this was uh, this has a has a neg the name has sometimes a negative connotation now. But back in the 2017, yeah, it, Karen was not a not a negative no, connotation. No, it wasn't. Then. That had not yeah, happened. Yeah, had not yeah. happened. Yeah, uh, very aware. Right. Tr extremely aware, and I think the team at Nintendo when we were there, we like we loved it. See, we thought it was hilarious. So we were still very much in our Wii U mindset of like, oh, we're broken people, <laughs> we're losers. Like we have to just, we have to grab hold of anything that that catches on yeah. and and like try and do something with it. So that's what the that was the reaction with this. It was like, oh, this is great. This is our new thing for the next six months, Karen. Karen, yeah. But what, cooler heads prevailed, and some people were like, no, we've got other things that are better. And then we were we were okay. So stop it. Yeah. Yeah. But but that was definitely a thought that was yeah. Let's meet emergency meeting. Karen yeah. me Karen memes. Karen, need, Karen yeah. meeting. What is your your ten Karen memes right. of the day? How many Karen appearances can we buy with this budget? Yeah. yeah. How do we just like hire this person forever <laughs> to be like a meme at Nintendo? Yeah, yeah. I, I remember this was a huge topic of conversation when the the trailer released, and it was like. Yeah, it was very much like, what can we, what, what, how can we milk the Karen? Yeah, pretty <laughs> and much. The Karen meme. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. no more. Nobody cares anymore. The rooftop parties, though. Uh, yeah, those are still, those we, can we still needed, happen. We had, that was still a, do those. Yeah, it was, oh man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Banana Bread Slice asks In episode 57 of the podcast, you touched on the rumor that the successor to the Nintendo Switch won't be backwards compatible, which was based on silly speculation and no real information. Putting all of those made-up rumors aside, what do you predict Nintendo will decide as far as backwards compatibility and why? Thanks, as always. This is one part of, you know, what's coming next, what the next, um, you know, successor to Switch will be that really worries me. Because right now we do have really great backwards compatibility on Switch for the most part. With what? Well, we have, like, you know, like, GBA stuff and well, that's different. stuff. I mean, they had to, like, re... They had to make to make that stuff up like you can't there's no you can't put a wii u game into the well yeah i think they're mostly thinking about switch games what happens with those oh with switch not games? like not like classic games um i just don't nintendo's notoriously terrible at backwards compatibility so i'm worried about is that, that. true though yes the wii u could play the wii um we could play gamecube GameCube obviously couldn't play anything before that. So there've been, I I, th I feel like if the next Switch is just the Switch form factor upgraded, then yes, then they will find a way for you to but keep playing. But if it's zany games. cardboard, but if it, but if they're going in a completely new direction, then the answer you're going to no. have some problems. Yeah, yeah, that's my feeling. Yeah, but again, they they you know they have the tendency to do something something crazy or zany or, or wild and. And they will gladly give up backwards compatibility, I think, yeah. to do their Nintendo thing. So that is a re very real possibility yeah. as well. Next question is from 
Appy? 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 Hopefully Appy. that's right. Hey, Kent and Krista, I live in the Netherlands, parentheses, Europe. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Geography lesson. <laughs> and I was wondering why in NOA there's still so many well-known people, but since Satoru Shibata left to the Pokemon company, I couldn't name a single person at NOE, even though I'm European. Satoru Shibata went to NCL, we should say. Yes. Not the Pokemon company. Yes. He is now in charge of marketing, mm -hmm. licensing. Mm -hmm. What else? Is it just Advertising? those? Advertising? That's marketing. That's marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of in so charge of a he's, lot. He's like, he's like a big shot. He's up there. Yeah. And he, he was a very close friend to Mr. Iwata, too. Um, it's fun to see those two guys together. But, yeah, why, why do you not really know anybody in Europe? Well, I think it's the same reason why you don't really know anybody anywhere anymore. But you do. You don't. Not not people who have come on the scene recently. Right, yeah. right. Because they don't do that anymore. They don't Nintendo doesn't showcase like people anymore. It's all yeah. about the games. Also, I think ever since the company has taken a more global direction, it's really been Nintendo of Japan calling the shots. Like whenever there's a direct it's going to feature the development team in Japan or the, the, you know, the, the leadership team in Japan. And the other regions just, like, localize those or, like, yeah. air those. Um, so there's really not, like, a super big reason, and, and Japan probably doesn't even let them, to have, like, a region-specific spokesperson or a personality um, so yeah, I think that, that the globalization actually caused it to just be more like Japan centric. Yeah. Who were the well-known people still at NOA? Doug? Oh, NOA. Bill Trennan. Okay. Nate Bildorf. Uh-huh. Is that it? Don James? No. No. I wouldn't say he's yeah. crossed that threshold. But even like someone like Nate and... Bill, they haven't really but been... But they, they, they are known from stuff they did... In the past. Like a decade ago. Right. That, 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 that's my point. It's like yeah. they're not known for anything they did like last week. Right, right. I mean, there are people like like Sam Robertson did Treehouse Live. She left. Left, yeah. Um, and then they just don't do Treehouse Live very often. Right. And every time they do it, they, cha they change yeah. like the host. It's, different, so it's, it's a, a different person. Yeah. Pretty like revolving door of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, is, is that it? I guess so. Wow, that's a wild thought. I know. <laughs> like, if we polled, like, the general audience, our general audience now, would they even know, like, Bill Trinan's job title? No. Without looking it up? No, I don't think so. You you guys know <clears throat> Bill Trinan from yeah. being Mr. Miyamoto's translator. And from localization. From localization. Which he has, which, which which is has a job he hasn't done in, like, In, like, 15, 15 years. plus years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. I know. All right. In an alternate, from, this is from Furlio. In an alternate universe where Nintendo gives you the green light to launch an April Fool's <laughs> Day marketing campaign, what would your big idea be? Oh, Well, boy. let me tell you something, Furlio. It'll never happen. Oh, April Fool's was April a bad Fool's word. Day, we all agreed, was something to just stay away from. Yeah, because people <laughs> took things too seriously. People don't have a sense of humor when it comes to this. Yeah. They... If you tease, if you do something that's very clearly fake, they're like, what do you mean that was fake? I wanted that. Now yeah, I'm mad. Now I'm really mad yeah. at you. That's why, okay, my my marketing campaign, though, would be food-related, and I would say, like, the next Switch is edible. Switch 2 is an edible Switch, and uh -huh. you could, like, eat the Joy-Con, like chocolate. What? And 
I, I I was what? thinking about that, and I was thinking about the if you guys go to like the Nintendo of Japan Instagram page. Oh yeah. They have a lot of like chocolate posts or food posts, and they always have a disclaimer on there. What? That's like, this does not exist in real life. This is only for like marketing purposes. Now you've reminded me. We we were first to talk to them about food-related oh. posts. And do you remember what they said to us? They said that we couldn't do it because it makes it impermanent. It looks wasteful. It will look wasteful. So like people will assume that you're wasting food. Yeah. Taking pictures for permanent. of it on social media. Now yeah. every other post is some like... Cup, like a chocolate. It's like a chocolate of a, it's a, squ it's of a, a squid kid. An inkling chocolate bar. I know. What's the deal? What did you? What happened to those? Now I want to know. Now I'm asking the question. You better be eating every single one of those chocolates. <laughs> Somebody in the back just like, oh, oh, oh. like the Homer with the donuts. <laughs> He's like Not wasting food. Up yeah. While eating like forty-seven thousand pounds of chocolate shaped like an inkling. Oh no. Oh boy. Yeah. They were really mean to us about the chocolates and the cakes. The cakes. Really yeah. mean. Let's give a shout out to Sugar High Score. I know, right? Who's an incredible, incredible. What, what cake artist? What, cake what would you say? Cake artist, definitely. Yeah. Follow cake genius. Follow her on Instagram, please. And everywhere else. Sugar High Score. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, the cake. You will say wow. Uh, Ray Del Empire asks, "What's your favorite iteration of the Nintendo 3DS? Nintendo 3DS, Nintendo 3DS XL, Nintendo 2DS, New Nintendo 3DS, the New Nintendo 3DS XL, or the New New Nintendo 2DS 3DS XL?" Wait, that was fake, right? New Nintendo 2DS. Oh, no, it's not. Like, that's real. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like the Nintendo 3... The Nintendo 3DS XL. Or, yeah. What, I like the XL. New? Yeah. Or... It doesn't have to be new. I mean, I liked... I like the old one. I like the original 3DS XL. And then, like, it was fine to upgrade to the new one as well. But I didn't... I don't think it was a huge difference. I'm, I'm staring at this. I mean, one of these has to be fake, but I'm realizing that they're all real. They're real. That's why I said the last one in such a weird voice. New like, Nintendo 2DS XL. <laughs> That's real. That's real, yes. Uh, new Nintendo 3DS XL is my choice. Yeah. 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 Go I, I need the bigger screen. Going from the regular to the XL that was, was like a mind-blowing That was a big experience. moment. Like, yes. I was like, I could see. <laughs> I don't need to squint anymore. <laughs> yeah, that screen was pretty small. It's more comfortable with the rounded edges as well. Like it fits mm, into the palm yeah. of your hand a little bit better. Yeah, the pointy yeah. edges like hurt my hand. Yeah. I'm not a 2DS fan though. I think I, well, you make that very clear. You go out of your way to I really don't like to it. dunk on the 2DS anytime you can. Yuck. Uh, I think my, my, the majority of people would say new 3DS XL, right? I don't know. Maybe they really like know. the small one. Some people like the small one and put them in the pocket. The face plates, maybe? The face, people yeah, like people the face, like plates. The face plates. I didn't really change mine out. Well, did you have the, a new Nintendo? Do you have one of those? Yeah, I do. You do? I must. I don't think you I do. I think I have every single one of them. No, you don't. Except for the 2DS, because that was garbage. Just kidding. Uh, Uncharted95 asks, Hi, Kit and Krista. I was wondering if you guys knew why Nintendo seemed to have dropped the focus slash usage on Miis in their latest console iterations. It seems like Miis only really existed in the Wii, 3DS, Wii U era, and the only game I can think of where you can still use a Mii is on the Switch. Is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe any reason to why they dropped them? This is what we want to know, too. Mies are great. I really want to know this, because I love Mies, yeah. and I think we should bring the Mies back in a big way. I I do have, like, a bone to pick on this, too, because remember when you and I um, were trying to do more, like, cute little animated stuff for Nintendo Minute, mm -hmm. and we were going to, like, have someone draw little avatars Ew. of us? 
And Japan came down with a big giant hammer and was like, you guys can't do that because we have knees uh, and you guys need to use the knees. That, right. That's our official avatar right, right, right. branding. Well, they didn't do anything with knees. They just killed the knees. And we couldn't have a little animated kitten Krista's. That was really mean. It doesn't make sense because I think a lot of people still would recognize a me and like a me. Exactly. When one of the last games we were learning about before we left was Switch Sports. And I remember asking, like, so so you can be able to use your me with this, right? Yeah. And they're like, no, we've yeah. come up with this new avatar system. And, and it just looks so ugly. weird and busted looking. I hated that Switch Sports avatar because it looked so generic. And yeah, it was totally busted. But then you put a me head on the body and it doesn't and look right either. It doesn't look right. So the whole like thing is just stretched out. Botch. And then I stopped playing Switch Sports immediately because I was mad. <laughs> Within like three days. Within like not even, like yeah. two hours. So I don't know. I don't know is my answer. It doesn't make sense. They should bring it back. Yeah, Reggie has a me head of himself. He needs to be able to use it again for yeah, some reason. Yeah, still iconic. Iconic. VGM Life asks, Hi, Kit and Krista. Sorry for the dated reference, but I'd like to hear your opinion on Sony's Kevin Butler ads for the PlayStation 3 from 2009 to 2011. As a reminder, Kevin Butler was a fictional executive at Sony who featured prominently in advertisements, and he even made an appearance at E3. I remember the character and commercials being well-received, but what did you think as insiders at a competitor? Also, was there chatter at Nintendo when Sony sued the actor in 2012 for appearing in a Bridgestone Tire commercial that featured him playing a Nintendo Wii as part of Mario Kart Wii promotion? Thanks. Oh, Are you familiar remember. with these? I remember these commercials, yeah. I do remember these commercials. I don't know if that was like a big topic of conversation like within Nintendo. I don't remember it coming up ever. Yeah, I don't think so. I think Nintendo's advertising has usually is usually like pretty straightforward mm -hmm. it's like you know kind of generic family plays a game and then we jump to gameplay footage yeah like there's really not that much to it i think the only sort of breakout in terms of advertising was like the the wii advertising or some of the early switch stuff but otherwise it's pretty like formulaic what does that have to do with kevin butler what are you talking about oh my point is, is that like because Nintendo advertising is so formulaic. They don't take risks. They weren't even like paying attention they, to exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't okay. going to be like looking at Sony with their very like creative advertising spin and saying anything about that or even wanting to emulate We got that. Bevan Cutler now. <laughs> Bevan Cutler. <laughs> um, my feeling was like they kind of drove this into the ground. Like they really overdid it. Especially mm. when like having him at E3. Yeah. I was like... you. You've, it's a little tacky. You've gone too far now. It's a little tacky. But to be fair, like this was Sony's Wii U. Like the PS3 was Sony's Wii U. Like they really. <laughs> they needed something. They were just, again. Like, it Karen, was their like Karen, Karen. Like Karen. It was their they were just, Karen. They were just grasping at anything that was. Kevin Butler and Karen meet, they should meet at up. a roof party. They should meet up. What happened? And he could sell her some tires. Do you think this is like romance? <laughs> do, we, do we ship Kevin Butler and Karen? I, I kind of do. Oh no, they what have you find... unleashed? AI could never imagine this. They could find love <laughs> and then have a. Bowser Jr. baby that's from a gene <laughs> generic, genetically, genetically DNA-modified Bowser Jr. baby together. This is my fan fiction now. I hadn't thought about that before now. Wow. This is my fan fiction. Uh, our last question. It's a quickie from Vidge Michter. Kitten Chris, to be honest, have you ever blown into a cartridge to make it work? I've definitely blown, blown into it. Was there any other way? I've blown. What else are you supposed to do? I don't know. I mean, now, now I know... Especially nasty now, 
bit Especially now that I've been it. buying like old NES games. I know now what I'm supposed to do. What is but back then, you get like a- A, a can of air? Uh, no, uh, a Q-tip. Okay. You can use some like rubbing alcohol on it. To like clean the, the right. pins or whatever. But back then- you Well, just, you were like six. You let it rip. <laughs> Your All your spit and whatever. Spit is yeah. just in that cartridge. Just go, man. I'm sure that's why I broke Little Mermaid. And you know what? That worked too, okay? The times it wouldn't work when you blow, that worked. Don't perpetuate that. So I understand why it's like now you I. Did pay, you get a payoff because it didn't did, start working again. Yeah. Right. It's like I understand why it's like uh, you're actually building up like gross stuff. Ew. But in the moment when you needed <laughs> to play the Little Mermaid or whatever, it worked. So, mermaid, I did so we need to we need to remember that when we talk I about did, blowing into cartridges. I did do it. Yeah. I did do it, and it worked for a time, and then it broke forever. <laughs> Probably because I built a disgusting spit in the Little Mermaid. Can I? Do you, you don't have that? Can I try to fix it? Oh, we should I should try some rubbing alcohol. Ew. What? I can the do it. Six-year-old DNA is in the Little. Well, mermaid. I'm using a Q-tip, not like <laughs> my finger or something. Gosh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we have to move on to superstar shoutouts. Yeah. Here we go. Aaron Hash. Ben Icorn. Maru Mayhem. Eigenverse. Kiss My Flapjack. Mike Chin. Mr. Rogers. Roy Eschke. Switching It Up Underscore. Zephazon. The Shark Among Men. VGM Life. Link, the Hero of Winds. Angela Bycroft and Pig Molly. Turbocharge Nerd. Thomas O'Rourke. Simon Barrera. And Kyle LaBeouf. Da, 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 da. Shout out to Zephazon who is a video game producer. Yes. Who was living that life this last the week. The GDC producer he went, life. He went from GDC to PAX E showing off his game Paper Trail. And that game Which we're incredible. very excited for. Yeah, he's won a couple um, of awards for some of the other games. Yeah, he'll check in on too. the Discord. Like, yo, just racked up a half dozen more awards. He's like, holding like what? an armful yeah. of trophies. <laughs> wow, you're really like, showing dang. us up in this Discord here. Yeah, no, he's awesome. Yeah. I, I love having all of these different kinds of people in, in, as part of yes. our community. We learn That's from true. them all the time, mm -hmm. and, and congrats, yeah, to to Cephazon. Yeah. All right, One Up Club graduation ceremony. Here we go, A-Rom Burgundy. Adam and Ansley. Ajah Malari. Ale Alejandro. Alexandra Pratt. Astro Dev. Blazed and Enthused. Bookum Dano. Brad, SF56. Brooke Obscura. Brookie Kazooie. Brewstash. Chancellor Fairley. Chelly Squirrel. Christopher Lay. Cozy Tar. Captain Cinnamon Buns. Captain Alex. T-Roper 17. Daniel Cold. Daniel Phillips. Daniel Valencia. Dachshund. Desert Colt 18. Doodoo Face. Dolce Aguirre. Dino Punch. Elite Peach. S Farts 50. Fart Priest 69. Furbound. Fernie and Jess Forever. Fox Deploy and his dog Bernard. Fred Rossi. Garrett Holfish. Garth the Wolf. Garth. Uh, Gartooth. G Sun 101. Ian Shit. Israel Izzy. Jay Rando. Jabroni Jones. JK99. JBJ. Jeffrey Hernandez. Jerry92602. Jesse Hernandez. John Responte. Jonathan Rowe. Jordan Hammerly. Jo Joseph DeHaze. Joseph Quinn. Joshua Clements. Juji Fruit. Julius Westenberg. Just Camtro. Kawa2796. Kelpshake. Kevin Delane. Krisu. Christorati Kid. Christopia Party With Me. Kyle Gamerberry Rookie. Kyle Kretzer. Tyler Nelson. Linnell Stickman. Lego My Frago. Lemma. Lois Bastion. Lit. Mad Dog 5981. Marky Man 64. Mecha Dragon 101. Megan. Michael Cravens. Michael White. Mikey. Motomania. Mr. Andy Pong. <clears throat> MSM Pokegamer. Mr. Beans and Dip. My Train. Nasir. Nathan Burkhart. Panda Buns. Paul C. Pace. Paul Gale Network. Prime Factor. Um, uh oh. Prince Charmless. Reaver. Whoa. Rain Tech. Ray Charon. Ryuji Utsuho Okuu. 
Renee Rivers. Ryoth One. RJ Kern. Rob Osborne. Renata Rex. Rox. Rianetta. Sam Newland. Sharif Jackson. Shinru. Slowbro. Schmiggles. Shrews. Silly Ferret. Spicy Munchkin. Steel Citrone. Tales of Link. Tefu. Terra Storm. Thomas Alvarez. Topher Schmofer. Travis Toraline. Troopage. Tugs Puppy Bear. Tuscoob. Tyler Geist. Video Game Stupid. Virtual Bot. Wicked Davy. Will Ernst. Will Johnson. Zutiver. Zelgra. Zroid. Indeed. I lost my place halfway. Uh oh. I was like, wait, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad feeling. Okay. Wow. There you have it. Another podcast. Another episode. In the books. That's right. Don't forget to join our community at patreon.com slash Kit and Krista to continue supporting us and this podcast and everything we do on our channel. Thank you very much. A couple other things you can do to help us out. If you are watching on video on YouTube, you can subscribe to this channel. Give this video a thumbs up. You can leave a comment, please. If you are listening on audio, you can also subscribe. You can leave a five-star rating and also a written review. Yes, and follow us on the socials. We're on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and TikTok. That is correct. That is facts. All right, we're going to go now. Lots to do. We are. Okay, bye-bye.